comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Listening to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 215. This is for season eight, episode seven of The Walking Dead, entitled Time for After. I'm your host, Craig DeMonda. Join with me this evening, Mr. Aaron Newerth. I wish for some razzles, but I got a podcast instead. <laughs> That'll do, right? I guess so. <laughs> Mr. Richard Chub Toad Sheldon. When Rosita. Is your voice of reason about idiotic half-ass revenge ideas? It is a bad effing idea. Don't do it. <laughs> that is pretty funny, actually. She's, when she starts making sense, we got problems, right? <laughs> Mr. Russell Latham. Hey, back from hiatus. All right, welcome back, sir. Mr. Daryl Taylor's with us as well. Uh, you know Eugene got to die, right? <laughs> Oh, come on. I don't play that game. Come on, really? This is it? You either you either are with us or against us. You gotta die. So he's this, you, this sealed it, huh? Yeah, are you in your murder it. shed tonight, Daryl? I'm not in it, but it's always with me. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also joined by Mr. Jim Dietz. Jim? Are you with us, sir? Jim. Yes, and if you stay till the end of the episode, I'm happy to share my potato and casserole recipe with you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little suspenseful opening there. We didn't think we had you for a minute. I know. Is uh, it steaming good? You'll have to find out for yourself. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Damn it, Jim. I don't, like, I don't like the sound of any of this. No. I mean, if, you, you guys don't like what we have to say about the episode even less. No. <laughs> Probably. I mean, uh, well, we got a full house tonight, so this is always good. But um, there was so much of this this Texas kind of swagger. I didn't get half the quotes. I just kind of I'm going off Corey's review, off the recap. I mean, Brandon Davis's recap. I mean, from ComicBook.com. But uh, I thought it was a good. I like Eugene. I'm, I'm cool. I mean, you know, I'm, you say he's got to die, but I, I'm okay with what I just saw last last night. Is is anybody, all I got to know I, is wait. All I got to know is if a guy bit me in the dick and was about to turn me over to Negan, he'd be dead. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Sure. He was trying to take the high road. That's not I, something. Yeah, it's not something that goes away. You know, with a little back team. That's something that's going to stay with you. <laughs> I'm with I'm with you, Craig. Uh, after last week's episode, which I wasn't able to talk about with you guys, I uh, like this one. I'm not going to say like a lot more, but I liked it more. Yeah. I'm at least on the Buster scale this week. Okay. So, wow. So wow. we we we're, we're back on the normal Buster scale. We're not going back to Toby's again. 
Barely, <laughs> barely. That was rough, man. You, you missed it, Aaron. They, two, two of the hosts reverted to the to the. Uh, I heard the Tony scale. I know. I'm just saying. I know you heard it, but I mean, <laughs> that's how that's how rough things got here. We need to, you know. I, I have to I have to listen to see if you're going to read every single word I write in my uh, red machete recap. So I think I read it, it pretty that, well. I think I read it last week. Oh, you, you do. It just okay. entertains me to know. To, not only am I saying it, but you're reading it word for word. That entertains me very much. So. <laughs> every hashtag, every 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 punctuation mark is called yes. out. Okay, that's right. This week's red machete isn't all that great though, because they telegraphed what was going to happen from the moment it came on. Like, blasphemy, on, blasphemy. Every episode so of Red Machete. They could have surprised us. You shut your pie hole, young man. <laughs> that's why I do the Red Machete recaps around here. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's, that's right. It's too boisterous otherwise, yeah. Oh. Hashtag live moss. <laughs> All right, guys. So, uh, again, initial thoughts, or uh, you want to jump right into it? Can I Can I actually go to... This is a weird segue, but a little yeah. bit of a serious thing. Eh, not too serious, but somewhat serious. Because I, I, I checked the, because of our complaints about the show, I checked the iTunes reviews and ratings every now and then on the um, on the Walking Dead podcast Facebook page, okay. which everyone should be happy to, 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 you know, help us out with, you know, give us a rating or whatnot, because, you know, we like doing this show, and we want to we get up against those other Walking Dead podcasts that are clearly inferior, but maybe people, might, people may not know about ours. So, you know, if you want to log on iTunes, do that. I noticed someone um, recently wrote uh, something along the lines of, Fatso made fun of my religion, um, <laughs> and... I usually I let his whiny voice slide because the excellent commentary is so welcome from the others, but that like took it too far. Um, now this group of guys here, I can't quite pin down who Fatso's being referred to. Although well, I, have a I, think, I, uh, I think I think I was thinking suspicion that would probably be me. But when did I knock someone's religion? You, you made a comment oh. about Catholicism or something. I think you, something about you know whatever. It was. It was oh, and and I, 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 I was something. look. I make fun of people's imaginary friends. Equally, because I guess I, Chub Chub is what, what do you call yeah, him? That's Fatso. Real, that's really going to help the controversy, Chub. <laughs> Chub Toad. Chub Toad. What I'm trying to get at here is that I and just to speak for you, Chub, for a second, and just for all of us. I think all we're all of us are trying to have a good time. Yes. I don't think. Yes. Because yeah. I, I I can't specifically recall what Chub said. Maybe I wasn't on. Maybe I wasn't as didn't pay any attention. Remember either. Chub says a lot of things. <laughs> but, I never I never pay attention to him. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you're better off. All of us but he's have, not a hateful way. He never all of us start things on the show. I talk a lot. Craig's super giving. Daryl's still murdery. Russ is on occasionally. There's nothing to ship because he's really fine. And Chub Toad's too fat and too whiny and too loud. He gets a lot. But, you know, it doesn't, like, it's... <laughs> regardless, I, we're all trying to have a fun time yeah, with the show. True. And anyway, yeah. if you get offended by anything, I, I certainly don't think that's the intention of any of us on this podcast. So I'd no. like to think... And if, if that is the case, we apologize. That's not the, I mean, we, we're not going to apologize for not liking episodes or whatnot, as some people like to complain about. But as far as how we regard the listeners and what have you, that's never, that's never a thing that we're trying to intend. So we're, we're all just having, trying to have a fun time here. I think that's reasonable enough to say, right? Right, Fatsos? Agreed. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, no, yeah, we, we all have a good time here. We, and, all, we uh, all remember our first beer. We all know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I need to, like, but every single iTunes review that comes about that one says like, oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> We're not trying to personally attack anybody. We're just attacking anyone that likes Fear the Walking Dead way too much. That's going to never again. <laughs> that we don't we we don't cross that. We we can hand cross that line, right? That's no problem. Yeah. yeah. Richard Chopper Charrington can like this season of The Walking Dead all he wants to. We're not going to make fun of him for it. We're going to make fun of his name 
that's way easier. But you know, the rest of it. It's fine. But 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 Nick from Fear the Walking Dead, screw that guy. And Nick <laughs> Old Man Clothes. Yeah, we don't like that. Screw guy. him. <laughs> So anyway, let's uh, let's jump right into it. Thanks, Aaron, for covering that. I appreciate that. And we all do like to have a good time here. That's that's what we're here for. So I hope you guys enjoy, too. Uh, this episode was written uh, by Matthew Negrete and Corey Reed, directed by Larry Tang. Again, this recap is by Brandon Davis from comicbook.com. Thank you, Brandon, for putting it together. Okay, let's uh, let's jump right into it. So Rick sits in a shipping container at the trash heap. His hands are tied and he is sweating. The doors open and the sun blinds him. Jadis is standing outside with her people, one of whom is drawing Rick. Uh, he's wearing underwear and bandage where his bullet grazed. Rick reiterates his request for her to join him. She silently takes a picture of him with a very old camera. that actually had, like, flash bulbs. Pretty interesting. Uh, Why was she using flash bulbs when it was bright and sunny <laughs> don't, outside? Don't, don't, I just saw the same thing. Oh my god! And she was thirty feet away, right? Yeah, that was yeah. thing where I like the weirdness of the scavengers, but it seems like they're going like deep down the well to like make them too weird, which makes them more annoying to me. It's like yeah. I don't, I don't like more annoyed by the scavengers. I tend to like them, but you know, there's quirky and there's just like let's just throw this in and see how it works. It's like, like no one's like, using flash bulbs ever. Like what's like, next? Like a troller like, playing or something? Or wind well, up? Yeah, right. No trash <laughs> people are finding a, a, a the, stack of flash bulbs somewhere to use the trash. People are ridiculous. I think it is just unfortunate that they keep them in this show. And last of all, those are very specific bulbs. Where the hell are they finding these in the apocalypse? I mean, they, they stopped making those like in the seventies, sometime, right? So that's like, uh, right. yeah, that's <laughs> kind of hard to find. Them. Maybe they raided a, a camera store or something. Who knows? We found them in the trash. That said, I like if they were going to use them. Apparently, this was the time to do it. <laughs> this is this is the moment they went for. Well, Rick's here. Might as well use our flashbulb collection that we've been gathering slowly. <laughs> so two men start to close the door, but the man drawing asks them to wait. So again, he's still he's not done drawing whatever he's drawing on Rick, and uh, she and then he asks, you know, what what he's doing, and she says to plan. To, she plans to sculpt him after, and then the doors close, and then we go to our credits. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's, that's for Rick for a while. That's about it. Didn't, didn't didn't he ask the guy to draw him like one of his French girls? Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> that's wrong. Titanic reference there. Good one. I like that. Eugene sits in his sanctuary room, writing notes about what he knows and what he doesn't know. Now, I didn't write down. He did have three columns on his little composition notepad. I didn't. Did you guys catch what he wrote there? It was what he knows. Okay. What he doesn't know. And what he wholly does not know. <laughs> that's so, that's oh no! So what, he knows, what he knows, he knows he doesn't know, and then what he wholly does not know. That's so Eugene. That's so, yes, it is. <laughs> the gamer in him. He's trying to figure out the way out of the the labyrinth or whatever. He's trying to figure it out. Uh, Dwight enters the room. Eugene immediately reveals his knowledge of Dwight being a traitor. He requests Dwight stop the betrayals now. In exchange, he'll keep it a secret. Actually, he went to Dwight's room, but that's okay. That's, that doesn't really change things here. Uh, in exchange, he'll keep it a secret. Dwight grabs Eugene and sits him down. And he says, look, the saviors are finished. Negan's finished. This place, what it's been, it's all over. The food and water's running low. The workers are angry. The saviors, they're getting scared. This place is going to fall. All you have to do is be on the winning side is to stand down. Just don't do anything. Um, let it play out. Can you do that? You've seen what happens here. You've heard the screams. You've smelt the burning skin, meaning like basically his own. Yeah. Uh, you know, he kind of got right in his face with that. You don't got, uh, he says, you don't got blood on your hands yet, but that's coming. And once you do those things, you become those things. There's no going back, no forgetting it. So um, 
I think that was a nice little speech from from Dwight. I mean, he's he's definitely committed. We got a lot of good from Dwight. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I think both of these two are delivering this week. I, I think they do a good job with what they're giving. I, but after hearing this and seeing this, they really did a pretty good job with Dwight. Now that I'm thinking back, like they really gave a lot of time mm-hmm. to him. I mean, I think we even lamented how much time they were giving to him. I mean, they gave him almost whole episodes at one point, and but now it's all making sense. Like you really see this guy's journey. Right. You, yes. Last season we didn't get to the turn. It was like a lot of his. Decisions were made in his head. Right. We didn't get to hear him talk to anybody about it. Right? He's smoking with his wife in the staircase or whatever. Right. And you can right. see the you can see the thoughts going through his head, but now he's articulating it. Right? He's actually. This is the first time we've actually. This is really the first time we've really got. Uh, you know, his feelings on all of it. It's a long payoff, yeah, I, though. I mean, it's, I, I, <laughs> I would I would agree. I think my issue was it helps when you're you know you play a role for a while, you get more into it. Where I say you could say the same about like Andrew Lincoln, who I think has gotten better as an actor as he's played Rick Moore. Sure. I think Austin Austin Emilio. My issue was as internalized as it might have been last season. The actor just wasn't conveying it enough to me, and I it doesn't hurt that I have an impression of him based off the comic. And you guys disagreed with me, but I feel I I figured he was I figured I pictured him as older and just something it wasn't really for me. It wasn't being sold to me that much based off just his kind of demeanor and the way he was giving it. But now he's he's a little worn, more worn into the character. And I think the nature of what he's you know saying just inherently makes sense. So I'm, I'm buying it a lot more. I get, I get it. So Eugene says he's only concerned with being safe. And he goes, yes, I'm Negan. And that ain't perfect. But we are saviors. We save. So he's uh, he's trying to justify his position. Eugene leaves the room after telling Dwight he'll keep his secret should he keep the people inside the sanctuary's walls from harm. So it's interesting play from Eugene. I mean, I guess he calculated it out, but he figured I guess he's still trying to keep his options open, right? I mean, he's not he didn't turn him in just yet. He says, "All right, I know what you did, but don't do any more," and that's okay. Like, well, I mean, he kind of um, um, Dwight kind of lays out what is the smartest play for him is to just set it out. Either way, he's like. You know, if if Negan comes out on top, he's good. If Rick comes out on top, he sat it out. He's also good. You know, and mm. ultimately, that's kind of what he ends up doing. You know, it kind of splits the difference there. Yeah, but in the back of his mind, I mean, Negan had just told him, "You need to find a way out of this." Yeah. So if he doesn't come up with something, he might be in jeopardy. Yeah, but coming out, uh, up with a way out of it, and you know, letting and letting him know about Dwight's betrayal are like you know two oh, yeah. different no. two different issues. You know. Yeah, I agree. Mark and Laura board the sanctuary doors. Eugene asks how long she thinks it will last, and she guesses two days. The doctor calls Eugene into his office as he's strolling by and reveals Gabriel has a few infections and will need more help. Dr. Carson wants to head downstairs and get some herbs, because they're out of medicine, apparently, and requests Eugene stay with Gabriel. Gabriel starts coughing and asks Eugene to sit. So, all right, here we go, guys. So we understand he's, he's, he's infected, right, with some kind of infection, all right. right? All right, but Negan didn't get it. Negan didn't get it. So Even though he had all the stuff smeared on him, too, right? So I don't know how a, you guys are, like, not, like, on board with how easy this makes sense. Like, it's, I, I, <laughs> I don't understand. They do it so many times. And look at Nick on fear. I mean, they do it almost every episode and they don't get sick. All of a sudden let's, they're getting sick now. I'm okay with it, but the let's, thing is, think about this. He just went through that battle, everything with uh, – um, uh, Greg, what is it? Gregory, whatever his name is, yeah, it was... and all that. He probably got a couple of open wounds or something. Right, okay, maybe it seeps in through that or something. Who knows? I mean, but, a, I mean, I, I'm not a problem. I don't have a problem. Aaron getting on board with it. It's just that 
eight seasons, and this is the first time we've seen it. Yeah. Eight seasons. This is like the second time we've really seen this happen, though. We haven't seen guts in anything else besides the episode guts. Uh, they did it in Alexandria when they left the house. Oh, that's right. That whole thing. That because that paid off really well. By the way, <laughs> but, um... I mean, they did it then. Um, and of course, like I said, all right. So we'll delete fear from the conversation, right? Let's pretend it's a different world over there. It's a different show. They they almost, al- yeah, right. they also do it differently. Nick like just kind of rubs it on like war paint, where these guys are like, let's just empty out entire like intestines full of stuff on people. True, like that's true. They, they handle it differently, but they. The what I'm getting at is. People, there's all kinds of variables in all of this in any sickness not just the idea of putting guts on yourself but anybody that's the nature of allergies not everyone has the same allergies but like if Negan's not get, you know Negan's immune system is different than Gabriel's immune system in this scenario maybe mm-hmm. his big leather jacket protected him there's a variety of things that could well, be why he didn't I wasn't testing disbelief I was just not, it was like I was making sure my scorecard was full like okay right. Negan had the same thing and but didn't get sick and Gabriel did. I'm not, you know, disparaging the pathology of disease. I'm just saying, I'm just <laughs> trying to keep it straight in my mind. Okay, he did, mm-hmm. he did, but only he got sick. I think, and I, I think it's not just us that felt that way. I mean, like, I, I think from when you watch Fear of the Walking Dead, you can't help but when you watch Fear of the Walking Dead, how many times they use the same trope? It's right? almost every episode to, at certain points. Yeah, it's so, almost every episode, right. and they never got into, they never showed one time that I remember but Darryl, that Darryl. someone got sick. Hold on, Chubb, come down. <laughs> they never had a, uh, if they had thrown it in, Fear of the Walking Dead one time where someone had a cut or something. Because it isn't hard to, to, to believe. You have an open wound, yes. It, it, you get some of those that blood or whatever in it, these rotten, you know, guts and stuff, of course you'll get an infection from this stuff. It's just that we've gotten so used to them not getting infections right, because exactly, they've used it exactly, so many times exactly. that when you have it happen this time, and I remember hearing it, we talked about it, I, I remember him saying, some people get sick, some people don't. So it's in there. They let you know that this can happen, but it's just that I think people feel, felt kind of off with this because... It hasn't happened. Like they probably should have done that a few times in Fear of the Walking Dead, so that it's not that easy a decision to make right. to just throw guts on you to get through. A, They're also a counting on the fact that we're probably the only ones watching Fear the Walking Dead. So, <laughs> well, the other well, thing to keep in mind too is they threw Gabriel in the hole, right? So right. he's dehydrated, yeah. probably not mm-hmm. eating right. He's overheated. Plus, he was hurt. Clean too. up. Plus, on he top- was hurt. Yeah, on top of everything else. So he's probably right. like, he's probably like puking and pooping in his own you yeah, know, cell, and it's incubating back. the infection. Like exactly. It's, it's, right, so right, yeah, right. to me this wasn't a stretch. Like, all right, I, I didn't. Well, that all right. That all being said, that's cool. Here's one question I do have though: the medicine situation. Like they stole all of Alexandria's medicine at one point. Like maybe a few episodes back in episode in season seven, it's all gone. I mean, out of all the sanctuary, all the medicine is gone at this point. Like that's pretty convenient. <laughs> Uh, the saviors don't seem that thrifty, so I, I don't know. I think they, they could be—they could be hoarding. They could have spread it out to the other places in some capacity. I could see them being wasteful too. Right? Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're not that thrifty. They're All just, right. You know, yeah. they're, ter- they're terrible people. Let's keep that in mind, also. All right. Like the doctor, if if something happens and the doctor, they somebody needs it, they just get it. You know, that they're kind of used to doing what they want. So if, I could see a bunch of the soldiers, the bunch of the people fighting on the front lines getting hurt and just saying, give me that medicine, you know, and not caring about how far it goes. Okay. All right. 
All right, well, let it, let it be. It is it is what it is. Gabriel reaches for water, and Eugene watches him struggle a bit before helping him get a drink. Uh, then he asks Eugene if he has uh, if he's going to help him get the doctor out, but Eugene insists only uh, he only does what's in his best interest. Gabriel tells him to have faith and to trust himself, and he says it's absurd. Eugene says. Gabriel continues his plea, urging Eugene to do the right thing. Eugene sees the red paint on his own finger and has thoughts about Dwight. As we cut to commercial. Outside of the sanctuary, Morgan is taking aim with a sniper rifle. So I guess we see where Morgan ended up. Like we just last time we saw him, he was in the woods with the kingdom. I'm sorry, the hilltop people, and then he just bolted from them. And I guess he found his way back to the sanctuary. And now he's manning one of the uh, one of the sniper towers. I, I don't want to like we can go into nitpicking on all these things, but it's like this is one where it's like really this is where he's been like <laughs> it just yeah, it just threw me off of like well, yeah. but I was okay yeah. that he just wasn't walking in the woods somewhere. I'm glad he just ended I, up somewhere. Like that was fine I, with me. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay with it too. I I don't need to dwell on it. It was just more like oh so that's where he's been. That that seemed like that could have been just. Right, you could have used like I'm going to the satellite, just some nonsense like that. Just to, or he like, fell in a portal and went to fear the walking. Dead. Yeah, before that happened. <laughs> well, that's next week. That's next week when he finds the time portal and he has to close right. down before it destroys the rest of the world. <laughs> I assume that's the plot of next week's episode. It's got to be. It's got to be. <laughs> what ends the war? The, the war. They have to they work together because the time portal is in jeopardy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he suddenly sees Daryl's truck pull up and park, and radios to the saviors to tell them it's okay. It's one of their own. In the sanctuary, Eugene is greeted by one of Negan's wives. She wants her boombox back, which apparently he promised to fix. Um, but he's, Eugene's still messed up. He didn't get a chance to do it. He's, he's distressed at this point. He asks for her bottle of wine, which was supposed to be the payment for the boombox, claiming it helps him sleep. Um, she gave him a lecture like, hey, you, you can take this, but it's not going to help you in the end. And, we, and she even reminded him, we gave you a chance to end this. You could have made those pills for us. And she's rubbing it in a little bit. But yeah. she's nice enough to leave the wine behind. I think that's also our reminder. Yeah, he yeah. could have done. He could have taken care of this, or at least tried to, and showed his cowardice. It it reinforces his cowardice of not uh, <laughs> doing anything, of just going with the flow. He has to die. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm not there bullet yet. To the brain. I'm getting Bu- there. Bullet to the brain. I'm getting I'm, there, I'm, but I'm not there I, yet, Daryl. I will say. I will say this uh, to Daryl's point. I didn't necessarily need Eugene to die, but this episode did feel like someone was going to die this week. Like it kept this, the, like the way it was traveling, based off this stuff and the Daryl stuff. I was like, this seems like you're gearing up to kill somebody else. I did too. I thought that too. Like I there's a lot of coming. places where someone could have just been iced. And I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, oh, well, <laughs> it just didn't happen, which is OK. Well, we always have the 90 minute episode next week to satisfy those cravings, guys. So that'll no, we'll watch, watch, it, watch it. Not do that either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even Chris Hardwick, uh, I, I was watching a few minutes of The Talking Dead and he's like, uh, I feel like someone's going to die. I just have this feeling like he kept easy. Oh, he's yeah, even trolling right. it now. He's like, he goes, I asked the producers and they say something big's going to happen, but they can't tell me. I'm like, but I have a feeling someone's going to die. I'm like, OK, that's that's great. Thanks, Hardwick. Appreciate that. Sure, he has script pages. He knows exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> his ratings are going down. He's trying to, trying to troll his own audience. Daryl is ready to charge the truck into the building and send the walkers into the sanctuary. Michonne, Rosita, and Tara will cover him and distract the walkers. Morgan joins the conversation and offers to help. Rosita is against the plan, saying it's risky. And I, and she actually did make a lot of sense. Like, for the first time, she's just leaning into the truck, like, all cool. And she goes, guys, what the hell are we even doing here? She goes, we have a plan, 
Like Rick's plan is working. Why are we going to mess with it right now? And and she and she even said, "I believe in Rick Grimes." I'm like, well, "Whoa!" This is kind of what we were saying last week too. I mean, <laughs> that, that, they, you know, they weren't sticking to the plan. They have supposedly they have a plan, but like, you know, uh, Tara, you know, they're off going this and and you know, Michonne and, and Rosita are going off on the revenge mission and stuff. It's like. It didn't seem like they're, and then you know, Rosita comes around this episode and say, "Oh, we have a plan. We should stick to it." I'm like, I gotta "Really? See Maybe you should have thought of that last, you know, last episode or something." I gotta see for myself. Yeah, Michonne. Yeah, exactly. Well, see. yeah, right. In fairness, Michonne and Rosita were just going to look. They didn't necessarily have a plan to take any action. I, it was it, still, I mean, it's not like they weren't probably weren't part of the bigger plan, though. You know what I mean? Oh no, I know. I, it was you, still don't, a you don't put two of your team biggest team players on the bench when you got a big game. You know? Right? No, I, I hate, it was I still a stupid move. Analogy. I'm just saying. You know, it was Daryl and Tara that had the dumb ideas to do their own thing. Yeah. So uh, Tara feels the guilt, and she she speaks up now for not revealing Oceanside's weapons earlier. Whatever. Rosita still blah, walks blah, away. Blah. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Rosita leaves. Morgan tells her there's a car near the east side. She can take that and drive home. Michonne, however, wants to stay there and see this through. This is... <laughs> this, whole, this whole stuff is just nonsense to me. Yeah. I mean, you guys yeah. mentioned it last they week, and this is just more <laughs> nonsense. And even They the would it, probably be dead the if she had itself. gone out for those guns back then. It just didn't make any sense for them to do this. The plan Not is now. so like this. Just feels everything about this feels so contrived to the point. It's like is Daryl is uh, Norman Reedus just contractually obligated to appear in like a certain number of episodes? Because there's no reason for any of this to be here. Like <laughs> I, it just it's so stupid. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of a, I th I guess I'm the dissenting opinion here because I feel like I, I thought that they made a strong argument against Rosita. It's like look, we we don't we, eventually Negan is gonna figure this out. Like they. You know, they acted in the early on and they raided the bunch of outposts and then Negan had time and then outmaneuvered him. And now they feel like, OK, he's completely surrounded. They have him over a barrel. Like, why are they why don't they just finish it out? Because and we we, we saw where, again, Eugene almost almost outsmarted him. Right. He had the, the speaker on the right. on the drone and and did it and maybe they're thinking too like okay they do have eugene and he is you know a whack a wackadoo but but he he can figure stuff out and so if we give him enough time and give negan enough time you know this 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 guy is not to be underestimated um and you know we need to we need to press the advantage so i i didn't see i i look at it as more like you know rick kept it like stick to the plan stick to the plan stick to the plan and it's like well you know that doesn't always work out either. So I mean, Russ, obviously, well, to, to your to your point, to your to your point, Russ, the I I can agree with you in terms of just general logic on that. And the issue with all of them is all of their plans are dumb. The Daryl's plan is dumb. Rick's plan is especially dumb. And we'll get back to that plan later on in the episode. Oh, sure. uh, and and Negan. I don't know how the saviors can't deal with this horde. I don't know how they're like so trapped by them. Like they, the fire can't work. Like they can't just throw heaps of fire on these things. Well, there's or, snipers surrounding shoot. the building too, so they're worried about you know if they stick their head out the there's wrong window. There's holes in every damn window because they wasted right. all those bullets. They can't just throw a lot of cocktails. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but no, was was that but, their but, plan? But, but, was for them to use up all the bullets? I have no idea. Well, we don't even know what happened. We don't yeah. know what happened. But, I, but hold on a second. But you said Rick's plan is I mean, Rick's plan has worked 
really well up to this point. No, 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 no Rick's, no, Rick's. All of them converging at once, not one little hole in the side of the building that didn't work out very well for Norman Reed or for Daryl there, which, by the way, Eugene's existence did not cross his little redneck mind one bit over that whole thing. He just wants to get back at the saviors. Yeah. Gotta take the sanctuary. <laughs> Negan. Greg, Greg, I'm speaking to Rick's current plan. The, okay, the I overall plan, right. I guess there's an idea there. We'll see how that goes. Doesn't look like it's going well either, by the way. Um, but his plan this week, we'll get we'll, we'll put a pin in that for now. But Russ, <laughs> to finish up my point, I, I know there's a way to handle this properly because I, I read a whole comic book that deals entirely with this war that's well thought out. So sure. that's why I have issue with it. Where it's like, I know I don't need the show to match up page for page with the series, but at the same time, there is a good layout for how to make this you know work more organically. And I get the logic they have, but just the way it's being executed feels sloppy. It, and just the way the characters are expressing themselves doesn't feel... It feels more perfunctory and how they're delivering this like well i don't feel like doing this anymore because reasons so i'm gone bye like it's just that kind of or like i need to do this why because i'm grunting and having attitude about it like there's no like <laughs> there's not enough here like to to get me to back this idea of why do we need to betray what's currently working beyond you, mean, you make an excellent point i mean it was handled much better in the book that would have been a much better blueprint to work from as opposed to yeah. all this milling about and kind of you know, like half, half. I hate to use the term half-assing, but that's kind of what they're doing here. I mean, they they have a plan, but then they're like, ah, this plan is boring. I'm going to do something else, or I'm waiting too long. I'm going to do something. You know what I mean? And I wish they. I mean, I'm not. I'm I, like you say, Aaron. I don't want them to go word for word, page for page, note for note from the book. But this would have been a good place where it would have been advantageous for them to go a little closer to the source material for sure. So in the boardroom, the sanctuary boardroom, Eugene sits down with Negan. He says his people are going to die if things aren't fixed soon. And he goes, look, I'm living no matter what. There's a swagger coming out, Negan said, although he doesn't want to see his people get shot or chewed up. He reminds Eugene that he is aware of how smart he is, prompting Eugene to remind him of his loyalty. Negan reaches out his hand to Eugene, and Eugene attempts to kiss it. But Negan was looking for a handshake. It's a sign of mutual respect, which many don't get from Negan. So I guess I, from what I took from this scene is that, you know, Negan knows exactly which buttons to push in Eugene to get him to motivated. Like, he's just kissing oh, his totally. ass basically like, at this well, point. Well like, yeah. well, like later when he says, how does it feel to be the second most important person here in the, in the sanctuary? How does that feel? It feels good, you know? You're absolutely right. He's totally playing, he's playing Eugene like a piano. You know? Oh, this is yeah. the perfect person for him to mold easily. Oh, sure. But I wonder, it's because it's hard for him to play it both ways. But does he actually like Eugene a little bit too? Like, is he <laughs> like, or is it just BS? He's just shining him on just to get him to do his his, I, his bidding. I, I I think he likes his brain. I don't think he much cares for Eugene as a person, just because he's Eugene's the kind of person that flip flops on the people that he was fighting for. That's not the person Negan respects. Yeah, that's true. We, we, yeah, we that's talk, true. We've, talk, we've talked about this on the podcast where Negan respects Rick because of how under his skin he gets and how much he you know. He he respects that more than he respects a you know a little toad like Eugene. He likes the <laughs> idea that he can get him out of a pickle because hey, this guy's really smart and has some ideas I might have not been able to come up with myself because on every other week I'm really intelligent and then I'm really dumb. So it's a, you know that's Negan's own problem. He has a good line in this one where he's even though it's it's so melodramatic how he's just sitting alone in this room, but he says he has a lot. Was he? Um, it's uh, I'm t I'm too good at this. Shit to get killed like, yeah, that's what he said that's what he exactly right. said right it's a good, yeah it's a good, it's a good line so that's a that's a swagger 
So in, in yeah. his room, Eugene works on the boombox, but might be crafting something else. He explores some warehouse area, it looks like, with a, like a miner's flashlight on his head. Uh, he discovers the coffin that Sasha was in when she died. It's pretty creepy just laying down there, the old coffin. Mm -hmm. You always figure someone's going to be in there, right? Inside, uh, only her iPod remains, prompting some emotion, it says. Okay. Yeah, with, that, with that light on the helmet, did you think that the, um, the miner from My Bloody Valentine was going to come out and attack Eugene? <laughs> <laughs> Outside, he Morgan. Actually, yeah. it, made, it, made me think, it made me think of the shoveler. But Oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, Eugene... <laughs> Eugene did give. I mean, he did cry when he saw the thing. I mean, I, I think they want us to to feel sympathy, even though they know that he's going to say some things that is going to make me mad, like he did by choosing sides. But I mean, they still wanted us to feel some type of sympathy for for uh, Eugene as a character. So I get it. I mean, his mind is almost it's like a child, even though he's really smart. He's like a high school kid. Like he he wants to be with the cool kids. I mean, and, have, and he's a coward. <laughs> they, they haven't outright said it, but I think you can probably assume Eugene's on the spectrum. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. sure. I'm there's, sure. there's plenty going on there. But I, I again, I really like Eugene, and, and uh, we mentioned um, Dwight. But you, I think Eugene, especially because I've mentioned before how I think mm -hmm. the Josh, Josh, Josh McDermott. I think he has been playing it well enough as his character where I can't, I couldn't quite decide where he really is in all of this. You right. guys were a little more firm. I. I was more on the fence. Like, is he really, this episode really clears that up for me, but I think it's because of how much of a good job he's been doing, mm -hmm. not adding layers to it. In the same way, a little less obvious or a little more obvious, but Xander Berkeley's done it with, um, yeah. with, um, Gregory. Gregory. Um, I, I like the nuances and weirdness of these characters a lot more because yeah, they're, but... so, they're so different to me. They're, they're not, they're not the, like, I'm just really bad all the time or I'm really Rick all the time. Like, it's just, it's so, <laughs> there's more going on in there. They're not necessarily my favorite Well, Gregory is, but <laughs> Eugene's not necessarily my favorite character, but I, but... I respect the, the, the situation he's been put in more than a pretty black or white scenario that we've seen played out right. over and over in the show. And taking Eugene to a ridiculous level with the way he talks, though. I mean, this oh, yeah. episode especially, I mean, they have taken what is a pretty decent character who becomes a really good character in the books, in my opinion, and turned him into a caricature of himself. And the lines go a little over. I, can, I, can, I, I mean, that's his thing. I mean, we, I, I like that, the way that, he plays it. I, I, yeah, that, that kind thing. of. Like I mean, Aaron has. I think Aaron hit on a really good point. I, I think he is on the spectrum at some point, and that's the way people who don't have the social, um, you know, uh, building blocks uh, that you know that autism seems to to, to block in the brain how they uh, express themselves. I mean, I have a step sibling who has Asperger's, and will you know go on a long, uh, detailed twenty minute rant about uh, Harry Potter without taking a breath. Yeah, you know, my son, um, my son is autistic and has Asperger's, and he does talk like that somewhat. But right. this is just run of the mouth. Even Josh McDermott on the Talking Dead last night admitted that it was a bit much. Yeah, so, I like I his mean, performances, yeah. Eugene, though, because it, I, does, it does keep me guessing, like Aaron said. Right. You know? I mean, he's, you know, you really, I mean, he says he's Negan, but I think, you know, if the wind blew the other way, he'd obviously get right. out there, you know. Uh, and it's, I, a, it's a great performance, I think. You know? And I think each time, I mean, and some people with that kind of autism, the more, the more, um, the scatter they get, the more emotional they get, the more they talk. Absolutely. I, so I think it does fit 
that he would be that much more vocal because he is going through a dilemma. Like he has to really think about it. Like I did betray the, these people who protected me. Like I did the the redhead, you know, the guy that he that that protected him and was his boy and all that. Negan killed him. I mean, he he knows Negan was the one that killed his friend, right? So like it right. Ha- he has to feel some kind of guilt. It it is weighing on him. It's just that his will to live, his fear of dying is more important to him than that guilt. And I think we see a lot of that in the performance, you know, to his credit for sure. But he still has to die there. What I was saying saying is he is playing it fine. (laughs) I like how he's playing it. It's the lines he's given. He's given some ridiculous lines and it just goes a little over the top. That's all I'm saying. I I, okay. I agree. With, I agree with Chubb. Like I, okay. I, I, it's not it's not enough to put me. I don't think it's enough for him either. But I, I don't think it's enough to put no. me off of his work this episode. But mm. I do think there's a degree of eugenisms that, that I can deal with, and that, yeah, it's, that's it's, what skirt, I'm saying, it's skirting yeah. it's skirting the line of not only like would Eugene act this way probably, but would Eugene just like just have these coming out of his back pocket every 10 seconds. I don't know about that. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I'm sure the writers are having, I'm, I'm like, they did it with Negan early on too. Like I'm sure. And they've they get, adjusted. They've modulated. And they had Negan. to adjust. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, they, they get a little excited. They, they, they know that, you know, fans enjoy it. And so they overdo it. Yeah. And this is, and, this is only like the third Eugene focused episode probably. Right. So yeah. it's, yeah. It's funny because I was kind of going to lead with this when we started the show, but as I was watching this episode, I was like, "Am I done with the eugenisms?" Like it, (laughs) it, it just. I think it gets back to what we're saying. I think they were just coming a little too fast and furious. Uh, And I, I like, I like what he says because it's, it's all this crazy rhyming, you know, weird analogy, uh, you know, speak that he has, but there's something about it when it's just like one after the other, after the other, after the other, that it, it just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, I, I get it. Less um, is more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I yeah. think so. So outside Morgan watches Daryl approach the sanctuary. Morgan and Tara look through a scope, but seems to be second guessing the plan. Uh, this is after, uh, you know, Tara hops out of the cab and, and uh, it's her and, um, and uh, Daryl sitting there. And he leans over and goes, you up for this? And she goes, I came here because I wanted to see things for myself. She says things are working now, and they might just need to trust that things are going to keep working. What we're about to do is not worth risking us, Michonne said. Daryl says, it is for me. But Michonne then backs out. But she's already at this point. I mean, how could she back out? Like, she's just going to walk back home now at this point? Okay. I got to this no, point. More, I, 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 home. <laughs> I was waiting for Morgan to, to, to get on the radio and be like, uh, uh, Michonne, uh, there's a car uh, three blocks down. The, yeah, the there, you there, there's another one. car waiting for you. That's right. <laughs> we get cars everywhere. <laughs> Zip car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Michonne, I ordered your own Uber to get back to Alexandria. <laughs> And you know it's funny. Z- I, I see. Zombie I see how they keep Daryl the the lovable Daryl he is, even though he can be a pain in the butt in this scene, because he never pushes them to do this. Like he, like you know that time when, when she looks at him and she says what she says. Like you know the no peer pressure. Other yeah, characters yeah. could have would have done the thing of come on, let's do this. You know, like you can't stop now. We got to do it right. That's and Daryl just. He, they've done it with him several times. Yeah. He has a way with women. Like, it's almost like 
He's well. We already talked about how protective he is of of, of women, right? Like he might he might have seen some terrible things done to women, like his mom or something. You know, like if he had a terrible dad. So he seems very protective, and when they, it's like a kindness in his eyes. He has like the, the actor knows how to play it just right, and he looks at him and, and he goes, "You just got to do what you got to do." You know, like you can't do it, you can't do it. I have to do it. Like it, it was just that natural conversation of I have to do it, even though it's, this whole thing is entirely ridiculous of it's them not, having to go through this in the first place. It's not Reedus's pro. Like Reedus is fine in this role. Like he's clearly he's grown into it the same way the better actors on this show have grown into their roles. Like it's, I, I get that the the idea of him compared to Rick is you know say a little to say a lot, which is fine. It's just like he's trapped in this plot about just that of the truck and these characters that are in and out. Smarter than this, this is is usually not his thing. Yeah, and the motivation. It's as much as I'm happy seeing him say, you know, just enough to get by. This is the kind of scene where I could really use him saying, "The Saviors really did a number on me," and well, I don't know if everyone's going to feel the same way again, or this reminded me of the bad days of Merle, or some nonsense like that. And by the way, I know that impression's spot on. You can keep asking me to keep doing it. I will. But the (laughs) the um, just the you know, grunt a little bit more. There's not (laughs) there's not there's not enough going on here to. Because, be like what we're all assuming is just the saber. Because really I waited for that. Like I, I when he it's, was in that car and 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 she said and she bid pretty much was about to pull out and she said we don't need to to do this. This is this will take away who we are. I I I I, I like I almost worded it myself to say they took something from me when they did. You know they they took something. Yeah. And when they when they had me and I will and make I, them pay. And I got, yeah, like, I, give me that. Like, I think we do need that. Yeah, I do. I, I, totally Picard, think we do. I will make we them do. pay for what they've done. Because they did take that. I mean, they did really hurt him badly. And I don't, I, I would like for him to say that at least once, at least yell it at Rick. Yeah. One like, time. Just like, quote, quote Moby Dick something, right? Anything. Just give me something. Like, right? just be yeah. mad. Like, look, mother effer. <laughs> I mean, you didn't, this thing that happened didn't happen to you like it happened to me. Like it's, you could sit there and be forgiving of these dudes, but they did something to me. I mean, you you just don't get it. They shot a, his only son's eye out, and he's still sticking to the plan. Well, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's know. it's it's weird how like I mean we're because we're now we're complaining about there's not enough writing like it's like it's, it's right, right. the show the show finds all the ways to like not help in this situation. Yeah. It, Sometimes it's too overwritten or it's too unsubtle and, or other times it's like, well, there's not enough here. There's not giving us enough character. I think and, they fall into a habit with certain characters and, and usually Daryl yeah. can get away with this, but there are times when we need, mm. we need a little bit more because this is a special circumstance. This is, mm. we've never seen Daryl in that, in that position that we saw him in when Even, they captured him. Even the results, I wish, like, because I mean, Daryl, you know, he killed a tank once. Like, if he's gonna slam, right. a tr- if he's gonna slam a truck into the side of the sanctuary, that feels like that should mean something, and it just kind of right. happens. It just kind of happens. Right. It's like, all right, he did his plan. That was it, I guess. Just tuck and roll away. Not that exciting. Like, it just. Like, well, I have some thoughts on that, but I think we should get to when it happens. We'll to, yeah. Okay. So, atop the sanctuary, Dwight orders Eugene to back away from the drone. Uh, actually, so he, he has the drone set up. He's got the iPad on the glider. He's got this little contraption, a launcher that he created, like an I beam or something. And it's going to play music and redirect the herd outside the sanctuary. Just as he's about to send it again, 
Uh, Dwight comes and orders him to back away. Eugene insists he's trying to save people, but Dwight says that... Uh, uh, what does Dwight say? It says, Dwight says that Rick and Eugene's old friends are going to get killed because of this. Eugene insists they were traveling companions at best. <laughs> they argue about mm. what to do, but Eugene ultimately presses play on the iPod and sends the glider out above the walkers. And This is this is where the Eugenisms got a little much, because it's like a very serious scene. Yeah. He's, and he's like, option A, like, uh, Negan's going to kill me, or yeah. option B, you're going to kill me, or whatever. He's, he's, he's rationalizing like, it out loud, like right? Like the most elaborate way possible, and he's talking yeah. about like biting biting Dwight's dick and stuff and it's like yeah. <laughs> you gotta bring that up like, yeah I, well it's like he could like there's a less con- I mean there's a less convoluted eugenism to like make all this work but it's so much information being thrown at me during a tense moment so the glider get la- is launched and it's, it's it's pretty cool for a few seconds I mean it's obviously CG but you see it just calmly you know peacefully gliding over the the walkers and it's about to play its music and then Dwight just starts shooting and obviously takes down the the glider instead of shooting at Eugene the one bad decision they made was not playing Easy Street as the song. <laughs> right? Right. What was the song, by the way? I didn't even write it down. Did anyone catch Something that? that wasn't Easy Street. That's what it was, Craig. Right. Yeah, I exactly. I remember it. I didn't even catch it. There. I'll, I'll, if I have, have time, I'll go back and try to you know work it into the show somehow. Daryl drives his truck toward the sanctuary at this point. Um, Tara opens fire on the windows. Morgan guns them down. I guess so he sees some people peeking out the windows, and he's shooting at them. Um Eugene rushes for cover. Daryl puts a cement brick, or so I guess a cinder block, on the gas pedal and leaps from the truck. <laughs> that was pretty cool. It plows into the walls of the sanctuary, and the walkers begin making their way inside. All right. Workers and soldiers are eaten by walkers as gunfire and chaos ensue. Eugene watches it unfold and sees Dwight doing little to stop it. Well, he is shooting from the upper balcony. He's trying to you know stop some of the walkers. Yeah, he does shoot. Yeah. I kind of thought this would be a perfect time for Dwight to take out Eugene. Like in, just the, in, in, in the melee, I right? really, yeah. I thought that's what was going to happen too. Because I mean, in all the firefight and everything, he could have easily, you know, I don't know what happened. Eugene ended up taking. You know, that's night. another thing I have a problem with too. I, I did. I forgot about that. Dwight has done some horrible things, right? He's killed a lot of people for less. I didn't yeah. get why all of a sudden he would care enough about Eugene. I, I thought that about shouldn't that. be his dilemma. I thought about that he, shouldn't. He's now Rick group. He's trying to prove to himself and possibly. Yeah, but even Rick said to him, Eugene ain't my boy All right. no anymore. Remember that? But he's Literally, trying to not Rick? be Negan anymore. He's trying that, to be, no, you I, know what I mean? I, he's trying to be part of the good we, let, let's, let's back up for a second, Daryl. Um, mm-hmm. Dwight has done bad things. I agree. Has Dwight yes. ever killed? Has Dwight killed anybody? He killed his friend for escaping. The implications, right? yeah. yeah. No, he, you know, he did kill his friend that escaped. Remember that episode where Rick, he took the bike out and. There was a code mm-hmm. orange, and one of his buddies escaped, and he had to end up shooting him. I guess it was a mercy right. kill, but he did kill him. It was a mercy. It was a mer- okay, but he did kill he- uh, Denise, obviously, right, with the arrow. Okay. Did he kill Denise? Yeah, he was one that did. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, killed her. The- yeah, he, he killed her. Denise with the yeah, arrow. He killed he- her. And he said he wasn't okay. aiming for That's her. That's why so. Tara wants to be the one to kill him. Right. I mean, to kill Denise. I mean, I would think yeah, okay. you'd have a harder time killing her, or feeling some kind of guilt for her than you would. Eugene. Eugene is going to cost you the whole plan. Your whole basis of this thing is to get Negan out, right? He is in. Eugene is totally in on this thing, right? You can spill the beans I at don't any minute. See, yeah. I, like, you've done bad things. This, I don't take this as being one of the things that's going to make you question your humanity I, to, to for him. I could see... I just don't see him... 
I see him killing him, and I see him maybe feeling regretful for it, but I just don't. But I see that fear of this plan breaking down. Because if we go back to business as usual, if Rick's group loses, that's it. You're stuck in this mode. You you have no way out. I, I like to propose that if he killed Eugene, it's more about beyond the kind of dilemma of trying not trying to kill anybody. I think the ramification of that, like, how do I explain this to Negan? How do I that's, how do I make this work yeah, okay. in the moment? Okay. That, I, that, I, 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 I think I that's because it's it. like it's a yep. it's a panicked moment where. He's not as smart as Eugene. He's not as smart as Eugene. Mm-hmm. He can't. He's. And it's hard for him to kind of piece together every little scenario involving. Well, if I kill him, then what do I do? How do I explain mm-hmm. this? Where is Eugene? What excuse can I come up with? Can I pretend I didn't do it? Like I think there's a lot. He's and processing all at the same time, and I think that's. I guess so because I'm not a genius, but I would have thought I'd yelled out loud. Eugene, watch out! And I'd have pushed that motherfucker. I'm serious. I like the idea. He's like put his hands over his mouth and shouts down yeah. to like a stairwell. Eugene, watch out! No! Yeah, yeah, Columbo I, episode I, here or something. I, I totally is... would have did that. I totally <laughs> would have did that. Did what happened? I, I did. It was Eugene. Especially after what he did to Dwight. I mean, come on, dude. Just in case he saw, like, just in case someone was looking from one of those many broken mirror windows that we see, right? I'd yell out, like, and if someone saw me, I, it, the, my thought would be, my explanation would be, he tripped. You didn't notice it, but he was tri- he tripped, and I tried to get to him in time. Look out yeah, behind I, you. I just yeah. look at I, Negan has a low threshold for BS and kind of has that that you can read it built-in lie detector and mm-hmm. Dwight has been on the ass end of that once already and seen many other people on the ass end of that. And mm-hmm. I just, I just see it as it's not worth the risk. Like, you know, in, in the end, Eugene's plot was foiled. Dwight knows that it, it it's just a matter of time. Like the, the time, time is running out. Rick and his crew are going to overrun this thing and it's, it's going to be a moot point. So I'm this close to getting out. So why would I jet? Why would I, even in the slightest jeopardize my chances of making it through this thing and get killed by Negan, you know, five minutes before Rick and his crew are going to overrun right. this place right. and, and put an end to it. Okay. So Eugene is watching this whole thing and you see his face. He's really terrified and infuriated. Like he's just making these grunting noises and he's, he's like, yeah, it's like the bells are going off in his head as, as the sanctuary is being overrun with walkers. A moment later, Eugene storms into Father Gabriel's hospital room and tells him he will never help him escape and really starts yelling at him. I mean, he really just, mm-hmm. just gives him his answer. So he's I'm not going to help you. He's, he's venting. It's great. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's, th- this was like the seed that made me like just be uh, like, I get Eugene now. I understand where he is. Yeah, where exactly. It's not a matter of he, it's not that he wants to be bad. It's just he's incapable of making, he's incapable of being he's capable of not working for Negan. He knows his own character. He knows he doesn't want to die. And he's grappling with the fact that he's selfish about his own life rather than yeah. good, which yeah, is that's a, why I, I mean, put him out of that's, his misery. Yeah. And it's a very, huma- it's a very humane decision. Like any one of us yeah. could be in the same scenario where it's like, no, I don't want to die. And no, none like, of us do. And, I, I, and that's the whole thing of Negan's work. Like put you in a position where you're, you will figure out for yourself that you should be with me. Like I, you should be working for me. It's a lot better. It's a, it's a lot. It's a better thing. If you have to kill some people for me, you do. But it's for you to survive. You know, like it, because if you don't do it for me, then you're out there on your own. I get it. Like I get that mentality. And if I was in a position, I might even do the same thing. We don't know. We don't never. We never know what we would do until we get in that position. But I'm just saying, 
if I'm on the other side of that, I'm on Rick's team, UG got to go. So later... It, it'll oh, be a ahead. tricky decision for, for Rick, that's for sure. I'll be very curious how they welcome him back into the fold, assuming he makes I it I don't think assuming they he makes it, Yeah, I don't know if he's going to... We'll see. But Negan uh, is in the boardroom with Eugene, and essentially they jump in kind of mid-conversation because Eugene has already outlined a plan to Negan at this point. So Negan's already contemplating it when we rejoin him after the commercial, and he says something like, it's going to take a lot of bullets to do what you're asking. Are you going to be able to refill our stock? He says, if you bring me the stuff, I'll, I'll be able to do it. Or bring me to the machine. Right, bring me to the machine or bring the machines to me or something yeah. like that. He says he can do yeah. it. Um, just as that... It's being said, you know, Negan's very pleased. Like, he's smiling. He says, he has a feel to be the second most important person, like you guys said. And just at that moment, he's about to give him something even better. He goes, well, I got even one more for you. And a topper. A I topper. got a topper. I got a topper. And exactly. And Negan can't wait. He's got that, that Cheshire grin on his face. He's like, you know, so, so what do you got? But just at that moment, Regina and the others walk in. And because of that, it just throws him off. And he ends up lying, saying, oh, he's about to fix the intercom system or something in the building. And Negan's like, I could care less about that. Like, that's whatever. You know, <laughs> that's not <laughs> right. But I, I guess at that point, he really was going to turn Dwight over. Oh, he was. I, I think he totally was. Well, he was letting that. I mean, that rage was still in him after was still in yelling him, right? at Gabriel yeah, and everything. And he, and yeah. Yeah, once that got a, had, a, had a second to breathe, he let that go. And he's like. Okay. Right. <laughs> he, he didn't want to get into an argument in front of Negan about this, and then you're right. So it's just he. Just... Well, now he's turning into straight murder. Like if he if he told Negan right, in the, I think in his head, I think if I think I'm right in where he is, and if I'm figuring out Eugene in that moment, everything else he was saying, okay, that was stuff he had to do. But but if he goes that other step and says this dude is the one that betrayed everybody, he's basically pulling the trigger. On Dwight's dying. Right, right. Yep. So in his room, Eugene hears the sounds of gunshots and breaks down. So apparently they're executing his plan. I don't know what his plan is, but it involves a lot of shooting. I guess they're just, they're just taking out the walkers underneath him. I, I think they're just taking but... out the horde. I don't know if that's the plan. I think it's just they're getting rid of the you know, giant amount of walkers that suddenly invaded. Right. Which, again, that, I'm going to stop right here for a second because that that's part of the strategy, I think, that, that broke down. I think Rick's plan was better because... They were better off being with the siege than actually having Not them being inside. Able to get to them. Right, right. Now that they're yeah, inside, that. they can pick them off from the from the rafters. Right, and they can't pick them off trying to like that was exactly. I think that was the, the perfect the plan. sniper. I, right, right. You're that right. was a perfect plan to make it that we. It's not just the walkers we needed. It's just that we needed the walkers to keep them. Inside, under and siege, under the, siege, they're going to run out of food, right, run out of water, right. run out of supplies. And we needed the we need the snipers to be there at all times to keep anybody from being able to come out. Like you said, throwing them all well, eventually, or throw, the people, you know, whatever. Yeah, the people will turn right. Right. You know, that, That's that, what that was they the want. hope. Is that eventually it's want. like okay, we'll hand over Negan, right, and, sur- and let us out. And, and they were getting that way. Yeah, and they were getting to that point. And and think and uh, Darryl, this, this is Darryl, where Daryl's plan doesn't it doesn't make any sense and I guess yeah he second guessed Rick and it really wasn't it, it was a revenge idea but it ended up blowing the plan and we see Rick's also, face it, at the end about that you know well, it dumbs yeah. down Daryl though to a point where usually he mm-hmm. is smarter than this so it really dumbs down Daryl to to and Morgan too even though he's on crazy kill mode but still it dumbs them down that's usually figure you know they really have a better strategy than that or they can see 
beyond it. Right. Better. Yeah, they, they, beyond right. that. Yeah. Who true. made the idiotic decision to put Morgan in charge of the snipers? After well, he, everything that's happened with his craziness, and I think the hilltop people probably he just took control of that because I mean he he walked over there from the hilltop right he just left, yeah, and he ended up over at the sniper perch. So I don't know. I mean he was he was in charge of that group, I guess. He was the highest ranking one it. there. Whatever. I still look at this as like a six one half dozen in the other. Like they they take the initiative and they make a run for it, and it doesn't it doesn't pan out versus. They give them more and more time to formulate a plan and or Eugene's a way out. Glider works or something, right? Or, and pulls yeah, away. or, okay, or right. a contingency, and then Rick's a, a jackass because you know they had him under a barrel and they waited because they thought they'd wait him out and and they got out. I mean, you know, obviously they'll write it however they want. Oh, that's a good but, point. That's a good point because the, the, the glider I, almost worked. Yeah, you're right. That's a good. Or, yeah, and I mean it could have been something else. I mean, who knows? You know, the way it was pictured, did they didn't see Eugene? Where were they that Eugene was? They didn't see Eugene. Well, that's my other. It. That's the other issue I have is there's the geography's terrible on the yes, sanctuary. Like it's, it's like I've I have no idea what the scale of this building is. The roofs are fairly ambiguous. I don't know where these snipers waiting. are. I like, thought the point of the snipers would be able to look at the compound from all sides. I They'd see Eugene the launching point. this thing right and take him out. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. Because Eugene right. Mullet be gone. Because I kept thinking somebody was. I I kept thinking that in that scene. Uh, Dwight was almost going to pull the trigger and kill Eugene, but then he doesn't do it. One of the snipers does. Like right. a hit comes from one of the snipers, and he doesn't have to. But still, you see that impact on him. It's that just he's like, dead. like I this horde that's sur- like, is there just one door in the sanctuary? Or Walker's right. like just circling at three sixty. Like it just, I don't get the threat here. I don't get what the scale of this is or the stakes. Right. I get the, I, I, I understand all... the logic of it. I understand because right, yeah, right. I agree, Craig. I like it's not. A, I'm not against Rick's plan as far as this goes. As far as like keep them pinned while we do everything else around it to get right. ready. That part makes sense to me. It's the next stuff we're gonna get to. That's madness, but we'll get there. But yeah, the, I'm, 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 I'm just gonna say, Aaron. I mean, this as as like cloudy and like muddled as this part of the plan has gotten. The part of the plan that actually and is involving Rick is just mind-boggling to me. Like, how he thought this would be, like, a good plan. But Yeah, that was weird. And then it's weird because... Hey, I, I know. I'm, I... The le- I'm the leader of these of this army against the Sanctuary. I would be best served being locked up by the garbage people for a few days and, <laughs> and, and, and forced to strip naked for this woman who wants to sculpt me. Great strategy. You know, I just... I don't get it. Yeah, but even... Above that, the thing that I thought I had thought that the the the, uh, the Walking Dead were surrounding the entire place, and like, Rick even said it at one point. They're like three or four deep around the whole place. Yeah, that's what he said. Twenty deep. Yeah, twenty deep. Is that what he said? Okay. He said twenty deep. Yeah, twenty deep around the sanctuary. Okay. And this thing, when you look at it from that camera angle, when they hit it, it looks like it was only about maybe twenty thirty. Yeah, well, it just... And that's walkers. one side of the building. It's not the whole 360, like you were saying, Aaron. You don't know the whole perimeter. Like, it's, no, it's, yeah, it just looks know, like it's, like, it's one so side. quiet, though. It's so, yeah. like, couldn't you just... People could just run out of another side. Couldn't well, some just come out the window and just... I get, yeah, that's why I'm just so confused by how threatening the Savior's supposed to be when they are they can't deal with this. Like, this Did they lose like... money on... Did they lose the, <laughs> the budget on the uh, walkers and they just didn't have enough money for the... Like, they, had, like, like, they blew up their fence, right? That was a big part of it. They blew right. up their... They, like the RV like, went through the fence that allowed the, the walkers went, to penetrate the yeah. perimeter, right? But it's just like they're, they're not the coverage aspect is just bothering me. And this seems like saying that out loud seems like such a nitpick. But I mean, 
this, these, should, these guys should be like the ultimate evil, right? Every season's trying to up the ante right, as far as right. what the what the big bad is. This is Negan and his you know army of saviors. I should feel pretty threatened by them, and I don't. I'm just like these guys can't get out of this. Like that's, that's the reaction I have, right? And I know right. people. You, you guys have mentioned that before. Like where, where's the threat in the saviors? And the threat I think is really just they're still their numbers. It's not about their strategy being better than Rick's or their strength. It's really just their numbers that Rick's had to overcome. And, and this they even is, have the numbers? Like, it, the, it, the show's not showing me that either. They're well, showing I, me a bunch of, like, mopey people. Telling they're, they're telling us now. Right. They're telling us. Right. They're not showing it. You're right. Because, right. like, on, Nick, on Rick's side, I have all of Rick's gang, which is pretty damn confident. I have... I the what I have the, well I had the kingdom I have right. still have Ezekiel and you got Jerry, the hilltop right and, uh, and Carol I got the hilltop you got the heapsters now I got the you got the heapsters yeah. <laughs> I got the garbage pail kids right. I mean it's like it's all these things <laughs> versus <laughs> what versus Negan uh, really a, a couple uptight dudes one like ragey woman and like a bunch <laughs> of mopey 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 people that are forced to be wives or work for him yeah that really sounds like a big threat like come on yeah. Well, I guess most of the strength was outside in in the, in the uh, what do you call it? the outpost that they that they they took down already. Oh, that was murdered dead people. Yeah, <laughs> can't wait. Exactly. So finally, finishing up, Rick is escorted out of his container at the trash heap by one man. Uh, there's no one around. A walker with arrow attached to a helmet is brought into the heap again. This is like another another version. They did this before with Rick, and Jada mm. says, "Time for after." So Rick fights the men before the walker gets to him, like he knocks out the guy that was holding him down or something, uses the pole attached to the walker skull as a weapon. Then he finally rips the head off the walker, pushes Jadis down to the ground. And, I mean, she's surrounded by their armed heapster people, but he's got Jadis on the ground. Jadis gives the hand signal to to stand down. He says that. This is, and, this and is he, what I refer to on some other podcasts as a Scott Evil moment. <laughs> whereas Jadis could have just totally just killed Rick, like right there. Yeah, this is such a Scott Evil. Like, this is, you know, this is like, a Scott, Scott Evil in, in, in Austin Powers. You know, it's like, I got a gun in my room. I can kill him for you right now. You <laughs> no, know? it's sharks no, with lasers. No, yeah, it's but like, it, you're it's about the sharks moment. with the lasers. <laughs> I, I, re- I really like the part at the end of it where Rick stands up and he's like, Rick Grimes runs Barter Town. That yeah, really right. made me, let me laugh. But to argue in its favor, the best thing I could say is that this was all Jadis's like plan? Like she wanted, she was really testing his endurance. Again, That's the best but they did, it, they did not, it already though. No, before no, no, they do no, it no, again. No, yeah, it's, it's, but... no, no, it's it's uh, it's stupid. I and I, yeah, I I'm not stupid. I'm not on the side of this, but I'd say right. on the perspective of Gimple and his writers, I'd like to think that their idea was Jadis isn't trying to kill Rick. She's just still testing him to see how far he can be pushed. And but see he doesn't know that, right? No, he hit this. His whole plan is mad. Yeah, getting back from that, this plan is nonsense his whole like we assumed that he was going there maybe he had like backup or he had something in mind how do you not have snipers waiting and there's that right there's he's just someone following him you know right and assume i can work this all out myself completely on my own it's the stupidest fucking plant like it makes no sense because it's 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 tv it's it's straight up tv chance like it's you are you are saying that you automatically knew she was just not going to just put a gun to your head and just shoot you right you thought you automatically knew that she was gonna put you in a position that you'd be able to fight your way out of, and not only just fight your way out of, but put down the thing with they—they they only respect dominance, right? You have to show you have to show dominance. So his supposedly trapping her, the leader, and almost and in having her in a position that he could have killed her at any time, 
once he got, you know, once he once he captured her, that's the dominance that made her, you know, that I, I understand that part. But I thought the dominance would come from him having the backup. Right. And just challenging her. Not, that not just his words, not just his. Yeah. Right. A, a, an easy fix would be instead of having Rick purposely go to the garbage people would be him getting captured on the way back to Alexandria. Yes. That, that oh, easily that clears. Made, that would make a lot more yes, sense. Yes. Everything exactly. up. Away because then it's not like Rick was purposely going for a balls out plan that's no contingency. It's just him getting captured on the way back somewhere. A happy accident. Can you can you imagine the scene of him explaining that to the rest of the people? Okay, everybody, listen. I'm going to get myself captured by the garbage pail kids. (laughs) Michonne would never. I'm going to have lock me up for a few days in my underwear. No, Michonne. Then I'm going to fight my way out by combat. What if they kill you, Rick? What if they what if they shoot you or whatever? Well, that's not going to happen. They she won't just do raise me. She just crazy. Michelle, I don't even think Michelle. I mean, like there was no argument. Like I, this was so uncharacteristic, uncharacter, like for Michonne especially because I just can't see her being okay with Rick going by himself right. to talk to them again when they already betrayed them once already. Like I just don't see them being all right with it. For them to not like, if unless there was a plan behind it, where exactly. he had people there, they were ready to, to come in. He's like, "Listen, I'm gonna give you one more chance, or else I'm shutting it all down. Like, uh, like either you are with us in this war, or you're just another person I have to stomp." Right? That's the, I can see that is being the the you know like the Rick being smart, and it just feels like the last couple episodes before we get to this finale. We have to dumb. They did this with last season too, where we have to dumb down characters to make them do these things that we need them to put them in the positions that we need them to be in. Mm-hmm. And it's just off. Like they have to find a better way to do this. So I, I like Rick's negotiating too. The way he you know negotiates for a fourth, and she says half, and they go a fourth. It's, again, it's the same little negotiating. Routine right. we've seen three other times with Jadis. A repeat, right? It's a repeat. repeat, and she yeah. then, then says, "I want, I want to sculpt you without those, meaning his underwear." And then when he says something. What did he say? He's like, "No, said, no, right? I want my boots. I want my clothes." And he, and he says, right. "You can take these off, like the ropes around his wrist or something like that." That's what he says. Yeah. He, he says, "Without these, without these, right? Ropes his ropes, his exactly." That was awesome. I mean, the only thing I got out of this, like, if anything, is you have to change your dialogue with her. You can't barter because with them you have to conquer. I get that. That's the only thing they respect. Like she constantly said, "You talk too much." Like she yeah. said that before. So I get that. So if they had just come up with a better way of if him, we hadn't if we hadn't gone through this before, yes, then yeah. I could see that this would this wouldn't have been such a big deal, right? Because right. like it's like okay, he's gonna go and try and convince them. One on one, and I, I think I mean the only justification I'm kind of like with Aaron. The only the only justification I kind of put it in my mind just so it didn't it didn't make me nuts is if the garbage people they must have have some inkling. They seem to to know kind of what's going on, right? And mm-hmm. so they know that that Rick's group probably has the sanctuary under over a barrel and has been basically is is about ready to finish him off and if if they kill rick then without with without question the the group will come for them and obliterate them because i think even even the garbage people know that 
the sanctuary is is the biggest threat around. And for for somebody to be able to come in and and upset that apple cart, they would roll over those people pretty easy. And so, you know, the, the, that's that's where I came from with it. Is like, okay, that's why in the end, when Rick kind of asserted his dominance, that they they went ahead, she went ahead and dealt with them. But at the same time, I was just sitting there going, like Rick is like, okay, you're gonna let me go, and I'm like. If she if he had a gun to her head, I would be like, okay, I I, I could see that. You know, he's gonna mm-hmm. walk out of there with her, and then when he's far enough away, he'll let her go. But I, I, like, I, I don't know, I don't know. So that, that's the only justification I, I I had for it is just or that at least give me a, a scene of them calling Negan like we got this dude, right? And well, nobody answering, and nobody yeah. answering, and then finally him having pictures of the of the area and going, we got it. Like, like you, there's no backup for you. No, that's a good like, point. Like, like she could say, Oh yeah, I sent scouts out and we confirm what you said or something like that. And yes, they are, the saviors are done. And you know, so that, that, that could have been his time in the box, right? Her getting right. The intelligence. Yeah. That, right. That would have made so I sense. I won't kill you because right. I need to, I need to confirm this information yeah. that you did this. Right. Or have like one of those dudes get picked off. Like, right. Rick has her over, you know, has her by the throat, and then all of a sudden, boom! One guy gets picked. <laughs> and you off. said that last week, Daryl. So you said the exact same yeah, thing, right? I, 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 I just <laughs> knew that that's they were exactly what Daryl said ready. last week. Yeah, right. I just that would have been the smart play. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like okay, yeah. And then it's like okay, we we know. So yeah, I think. And again, I think if we hadn't been through this exercise once before, mm-hmm. then this wouldn't have seen seemed so ridiculous. Why would but, they trust you now? Like, why would you trust right, them now? It right. just doesn't. But we've been through it. Like it, this is the yeah. same thing. They took Rick. They put him through a trial. He he was. I mean, it's just it's like and, rinse and, and repeat. Still stabs you in the back. And she yeah, stabs you in the and, back. So why? and it wasn't well, like three. And it wasn't like three seasons ago either. Like this no. was just last. The yes, second season. Yeah. Yeah. This was yesterday in this world. <laughs> Jadis yeah. thought about the last time they had Rick and what happened and the little against Winslow and all that Winslow. and regretted <laughs> re- regretted not making a, a permanent picture of it for her heroes of the apocalypse fireman's calendar i don't know but... oh gosh <laughs> does this walker I, have a name I by still, the way the, the, i still they, did, they didn't give him a name okay winslow okay. too winslow too okay just this is like this is after this is after i get it so but before the end and this was an extended episode by the way there was one more commercial break and in this commercial break was a very special continuation of hashtag Red oh, Machete. Finally, the important part of the episode. <laughs> Brought to you by Taco Bell Live Moss. The only thing that made sense. It's Aaron, great. would you would you take it away? It, it was it was it was something happened. Go for it. Uh, guys, this episode of The Walking Dead presents Red Machete presented by Taco Bell hashtag Live Moss, entitled <laughs> Calm Before. It, it, this is probably the best episode of The Walking Dead. <laughs> red machete presents red machete hashtag, red talk about hashtag with boss uh yet uh there was some good stuff here we, we catch up with the jerky dude who on last week's episode of the walking dead hashtag red machete presented by taco bell hashtag with boss um he stole the machete from like the, the one woman who was like left alone after papa and the daughter died um we catch up with him who's just like chilling out listening to music and he starts cleaning his machete in a cool like sam raimi evil dead style montage where they're like a lot of quick cuts and whatnot and as this is happening as he's doing what he needs to to you know get the machete even redder which i'm very entertained by because he actually takes it's already a red machete and he takes um 
uh, red tape and makes it even redder, like by wrapping it around the handle. So it's right. like, it's it's an even redder machete now. But as this is happening, his back's turned. So of course he gets attacked by a walker, who and he's trying to fight him off with the red machete. Presumed by talking about Hushback Luke Moss, and the walker bites him on the hand. It gets him. And it's like, oh no! And then the machete gets even covered, covered, covered in blood. So it becomes even redder than it already was being covered. <laughs> like it's 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 a super red now. It's a super reddest, red machete. The reddest, machete. the reddest, the oh, reddest man. of machetes. And so it's so red it makes Danny Trejo blush. And then you're like, that's not as red as the machete. <laughs> so yeah, that was this ep- this week's episode of Walking Dead presents hashtag machete or hashtag red machete presented by Taco Bell hashtag Luke Aaron, thanks as always. And you're right. And you know it did bring me back when he was taping that handle because. Um, you know, Rick, when he was talking to Gareth back at the, uh, was it Terminus, right? Is that his name, Gareth? Yeah, I think it was. And yeah. and he goes, he has a, has a machete with a red handle. So I guess <laughs> this was emphasizing, you know, the, the yes, we know it's a red machete, but now it's even more, like you said, the handle's definitely red. It's got the red tape I on thought, it. I thought the guy was just covering up the girl's name so that he could claim it as his. <laughs> oh. Uh, thank you, Aaron. That was very. I, I gotta say, Aaron, I, I really uh, respect you when you go in, when you lean into a bit. You really lean into it, and I, I respect that a lot about you. <laughs> I'm just doing what the people want here. That's exactly, so we're giving the audience and, and what they want. You're doing, you're doing God's work, son. I, I'm also. I mean, I mean, I'm legit thrilled by every red machete commercial break. Like here I am d- with my DVR recording, fast forwarding through these nonsense commercials about cars <laughs> and movie <laughs> cars. Oh, please. And other stuff, and then, then it gets the red machete presented by Taco Bell with Moss, and I'm like, oh boy, Game on. finally, Game on. Are worth it. <laughs> Do you That's, like? Does they, anyone eat Taco Bell when they're watching The Walking Dead, or what? I mean, are we doing that? No. no. Okay. I try not to eat. In we general. don't have a death <laughs> wish. Jadis asks, okay, back after commercial, uh, what it means to join his cause. He tells that they will surround the sanctuary. This is, again, Rick's master plan finally coming to fruition. Uh, order the saviors, the, what's left of them, to stand down, and Rick will then kill Negan. Jadis wants uh, what the saviors have. Again, they negotiate a half, fourth. Okay, fine, we talked about that. And then he wants the skull turn him nude. They all ride up to a water tower where Rick finds a man hanging upside down, being what? eaten by walkers. <laughs> Skipped way over that that whole deal like scene that they're talking about. like there's wow. a lot of negotiation work that he's doing with Jadis about a, how but much stuff it's, they're it's getting. their routine like it's they always they always negotiate like this right it's the third time we've seen this negotiation she it's, asks for one number Rick demands another and she ends up going with Rick it's like you know and Rick has Rick has a great moment where he's like he's just like you take what you want to take you sculpt whatever shit you want to sculpt did he say that actually did he actually say that that was uh, the most Rick just, moment just, of this episode. I gotta rewatch that. That was so funny. You actually said the key lines I wrote down. I wrote sculpt whatever shit you want to sculpt. <laughs> I, I gotta admit, like I said, that was the most Rick moment in this episode. You know? uh, the, the whole year, the whole the whole five seasons now, oh, eight seasons, man. right? Sculpt whatever you want to. Sh- what is going? <laughs> so dirty boxers waiting to like get out of there. <laughs> I want my boots. Oh, it's funny. Anyway, so they settle on a fourth, which makes sense because I mean, if, they, if she does help them, every every town gets a gets a quarter of the spoils. They all ride up to a water tower. Rick finds a man hanging upside down, getting eaten by the walkers. He puts the walkers down, and actually, the guy being eaten is one of like the kingdom people, I think, right? It's one or whatever, one of his people. Um, he puts the walkers down and radios for the walkers, but 
radios for the snipers, but no one responds. So he grabs the rifle and heads to the top of the tower. And he, yeah, it's pretty funny. Even the radio, he goes, this is Rick Grimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> this is some good Rick in this episode. Come on, how's it going? Hello. <laughs> this is Rick Grimes. He goes to the top of the tower. He can see the sanctuary empty. No walkers outside of it. And he sees the truck obviously driven into it. And he see that look on his face that he's like, oh, boy. Uh-oh. Something happened here. Mm-hmm. He's not happy. Panic. He that, got the panic look on his face He got that again. sweaty panic look again on his, on, his, mm-hmm. on his face. And that's the end of the episode. So, before we get to our Buster ratings, a quick word from our sponsor. Our sponsor is DCBService.com, and they are fine, wonderful people who have every geeky thing under the sun to sell you at a great, great price with great, great service from real people, not just a nameless, faceless giant corporation who uh, now wants to listen to everything you say to your Alexa and keep it on hand for evidence. Uh, not saying any names, just Amazon. But um, you, you get 20, 30, 40, 50% off uh, graphic novels and comics. But not only that, and you know, all the holidays are coming up. You got your Hanukkah, you got your Christmas, you got your Festivus, your Kwanzaa, whatever you t- want to celebrate, whatever gift giving thing you got going, going on. DCB Service has you covered, especially if you have a Walking Dead fan or a geeky fan or anything pop culture on your list because they have t shirts, they have. Uh, uh, trading card games. They have action figures. They have all kinds of really cool, neat stuff. Personally, I saw a leather jacket uh, done biker style with uh, crossed Lucille's on the back that says Saviors on the top. Nice. Uh, that looks really sweet. And so if any of the listeners want to grab that for me for uh, for uh, Christmas, I'm a du- I'm a double X. But uh, <laughs> they have so many great stuff. To- so many great things there. So many great deals, always cheaper than you're going to spend on Amazon or eBay or anywhere else, really. Um, and great people to work with too. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna love the service, you're gonna love the prices, you're gonna love the selection. Uh, you really can't do better than DCB Service or their brother site or sister site, depending on how you are inclined. Uh, InStockTrades.com. I got a package from them today. What'd you get? I got Runaways Volume One. Sweet. Tom King's Batman Volume Two and Three will be appearing and, on. It'll be appearing on Daryl's uh, Gotham and Russ's Gotham by Geeks uh, show pretty yep. soon. And I got, I got yep. uh, Scott Snyder's All Star Batman Volume One and Volume Two. Ooh. Nice! Wow! All Star Batman. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys for handling the sponsor. Uh, quick, let's do our busters, Aaron. Um. Hmm. Let's see. I'll go with three busters this week. I think the episode is good and made better by Eugene and the Dwight stuff. I think the um, handling of those characters for this episode and just in general, like on this side of the season, uh, I think it's been pretty consistent and I, I like the kind of putting them to a head this week. Um, it's The episode's taken down a few notches by the ridiculousness of Rick's plan. That said, I do like that fight. That fight that he has with that walker, I think, is pretty solid. Like, it's 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 just silly enough where he's, like, fighting with a walker with a thing. Like, that's very comic booky. That's like that's the kind of weird stuff I could use more of on this show. It's like, okay, if you're going to be weird, then go out, all out and be weird like that. Like, not don't be ridiculous, but weird I can handle. Um, and what else? The, the Daryl stuff also wasn't, like, 
the best for me. But yeah, I think as far as those performances and the Rick action fight scene and just the relief that next week is a mid-season finale, uh, I'll go three busters. <laughs> Richard? Well, I have a lot of the same problems with this episode that I did with last week's episode, but I do feel this one was better. Despite all the over-the-top and way-too-much uh, Eugenisms that were in the dialogue, I agree with Aaron. He definitely brought this episode to a better place. Um, I'm very unhappy with some people there, though, and uh, <laughs> I won't get knee-deep into that. But the other thing I'm wondering, too, is because I didn't think about this till just now. Um, I was going to talk about it earlier, and that is, what, is Negan or somebody close to Negan going to find Eugene's tape from when he was testing the glider? Because that was still running when Dwight was saying what he was oh, saying. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. Huh. So, um, kind of curious. I just thought about that. So, uh, But I, I ended up at uh, two and a half busters. Okay, right awesome. down the middle. Okay, I'll, I'll give it three and a half. I uh, you, the Rick stuff, the whole thing with the garbage people is was really what put me off. But I I like again that I see things moving, everything's coming to a head. The the crash in the building, the the Walker storming it, the Eugene stuff. I thought was again other than a little excessive on the on on the euphemisms, but um, but just in general, I like seeing this tortured. Uh, version of Eugene and just how he's he's a survivor and he's he's going to play both sides against the middle to some degree but this when he's on the side he's on he's going to to make it you know the the best for him that he can so uh, I, I overall I thought it was I thought it was a decent episode okay Daryl I there's so many things that I, I mean there were parts that I really like. I mean, he's especially the Dwight. He kind of shined in this in this episode. Uh, Eugene isms that I like, even though I want him dead um, for betraying the group. But I mean, he's good at being Eugene, though. I mean, I'm just doing it because it's war, and it's you know, it's just you have to do what you have to do. But I do like the way he portrayed it. Um, I just didn't like the dumbing down of Daryl and Michonne and um, and Morgan to get them to do something that would put them put this place at jeopardy because of the plan like they I think they could have found a better way to to, to put them mm -hmm. in a place where they were gonna be uh, that the plan was breaking apart they have to find another they're gonna have to work their way out of this this whatever's gonna happen next episode um, without you know, kind of, kind of making them do something dumb and sabotaging it. And then the other thing with Rick, where he's assuming he would be able to have to figure all the stuff out and work it out with the with the garbage people, was it just didn't make any sense to me whatsoever that he didn't have an actual real plan in place uh, to deal with them instead of just letting them capture him. That was just dumb. So I have to. It's gonna. It's gonna be a two. Two and a half for me because it just there's just too many dumb things that they did uh, to get them to the to the great mid season finale that we're, we're supposedly going to get. Okay, Jim, uh, it's a real mixed bag for me. I echo a lot of the stuff the other guys said. The 
the Jaden and the garbage kit pill people uh, really, I, I thought had no place, especially after we'd been all through all this before. But I really like Josh McDermott as, as Eugene, and I like the uh, the stuff between him and Dwight this episode. Uh, you know, like you said, even though we went a little bit overboard with that, I, I, I didn't mind it as much as the rest of you. So uh, I give it a straight up three. Okay. Um, again, I'm a little bit more bullish on this season. It was, to a certain extent, almost a four for me. But the part that brought it down was that whole disjointed plan that Daryl had. It it messed up Rick's plan. It messed up a lot of things. I think it even caused the, the sanctuary to be to be a problem. Now, now we were you know we, now we got we got some issues. Although you know Russ brought up a good point that it could have happened anyway. But um, so it brought it down to a three seven five for me. Uh, I like seeing. Um, you know, like I said, Eugene, any time we get with him, I think is a real treat. Maybe we got a little too much, but, you know, overall, I could deal with that. It, I, I understood it. You know, I, I had the captions on as I was watching it. So the, a lot of that, you know, his, his kind of um, his speeches, I was able to read as I was, I was listening. Maybe that helped a little bit with the with, with the episode. Um, overall, I think it was fine. Uh, you know, again, yeah, there was some problems with Rick's plan and the garbage people. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. And uh, I'll give it a three seven five. But who cares what we have to say? We have an amazing Facebook group where you can leave your very own Buster ratings each week for The Walking Dead or Toby ratings for Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, if you want to join the fun, just go to Facebook.com, hit, uh, go to The Walking Dead TV podcast, hit join group, and you get your very own Buster ratings read by the one and only Mr. Jim Dietz. So, Jim, would you take it how, away? Can how can you? For one second. Can, oh, sure. I was sorry, I got I got to take off, guys. I, uh, I tried to message it. And, okay, uh, yeah, I saw that. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, uh, <laughs> good talking to you. Sorry. Thanks. Bye, Aaron. Bye, Aaron. Oh, I, I'm not. I'm gonna miss next week. Unfortunately, I can't no. uh, be on, which sucks. Kind no. of. But uh, what you're at the War of Stars next week or what? Yeah, there's a little Star War happening, but yeah, I gotta (laughs) (laughs) keep the mouse house happy. (laughs) That is is a little more important, I think. Yeah, Yeah, but yeah, I well, it's sad because I'm gonna. This is the last episode for like until February. So if I don't talk to you guys at all, I hope everybody has a happy holidays and everything. Thanks, and um, same with you, man. Thanks. Yeah, and at uh, the company Christmas party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> <send you a laughs> we'll, we'll all sign those Justice League posters and say sorry on them. It'll be great. <laughs> oh. We'll do our Telltale episode. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be oh, fun. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and happy cool. Hanukkah to you and your family, Aaron. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. But yeah, Absolutely. cool, guys. I'll uh, and, all right. talk to you later. And if you Take want care. to read more of the erudite Aaron uh, Newworth, you can go to the Facebook group that is uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group. Every single week, we post Aaron, uh, Aaron posts his uh, reviews there that he writes for WeLiveEntertainment.com. Goes a little more in depth episode by episode. So if you want uh, want to hear more of what his thoughts on each episode, by all means, read that right there on the Facebook group. And now uh, I'll read uh, your comments from the group. Uh, Please join us. We're a lot, it's a lot of fun. We have 820 members presently, and you know, season finale next week. We're going to be need a lot of Buster ratings for that. So, we're starting off with Susan Monk this week with uh, two spectacular mullets out of five. These garbage people just need to go away. <laughs> uh, the only reasons to watch anymore are for the Carol, Carol Ezekiel scenes and to see where Red Machete goes next. <laughs> uh, DeRay Irvin. Uh, 4.5 hillbilly soliloquies out of five. Try saying hillbilly soliloquies five times fast. I dare you. Dude, that's uh, that's impressive. Uh, Eugene seriously said so many crazy things. 
I thought Dwight really stole the show this week. Some incredible acting from Austin Milo. I do not understand Father Gabriel's sickness, but I guess whatever the continuities about whether Walker guts make you sick. Uh, risky business. Samari Rick was fantastic. <laughs> 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 However, the garbage people are still just the worst. The finale looks promising. Um, Mike Jones chimes in with three Radio Shacks out of five. Uh, let's pour one out for Radio Shack. Another just okay episode. <laughs> Apparently Negan is safe in his boardroom no matter what else is happening. The trash people contribute nothing to this story. At this point, the Saviors being trapped is boring. There's next to no excitement for the 90-minute finale for me unless the Saviors actually get to flex their muscles. Side note, for those who watch Talking Dead, the scene with Negan at the gates of Alexandria is most likely a ruse. Probably a recording playing to full Rick's people. Probably some BS Eugene cooked up. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting theory. Uh, Johnny Stower wrote in with a four. That really cranks my shaft out of five. Yeah, we, went the whole, we went the whole episode. He said episode it twice, too. Yeah. To that. Yeah. Uh, they foreshadowed a scene right out of the comic book that happens to be someone that happens to someone in the future and actually showed it. WTF. I really think Gimple needs to be forced to step down as the showrunner. I have a feeling fear is going to get more messed up and in two seasons will be canceled. And those characters on that show will come to The Walking Dead because Gimple will get to know them by then. Hmm. Also, Chris Hardwich. I like that, Chris Hardwich. <laughs> delicious. Uh, Chris Har- Hardwich needs to drive with his brake lines cut. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Come on. Harsh, dude. That's fired. That's harsh. He said on Talking Dead something huge and someone dies next week That's in the mid-season finale. Yeah, yeah. In further news, water reported as wet. <laughs> Some fire, fire reported as hot. <laughs> Chris Hardwick <laughs> drives off the Hollywood Hills. News at 11. <laughs> I mean, you know something big is going to happen in the mid-season finale. It always does. It's like they can't even keep surprises themselves and ruin the show. I know, but he kept. I, I, Johnny has a point. Like I said earlier, he like kept saying, "I think someone's gonna die. I think someone's gonna die." It's like he said it a lot, right? It was weird. Unfortunately, some of us have had it spoiled for us. What happens next week? The big thing, I, oh, and it. Well, I haven't, so don't don't spoil it for the rest. Oh, of Oh, I'm not gonna yeah. say it. Oh, okay, but it's gonna I mean, piss you off. I'll just say that it's gonna piss me off. Everybody. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, no, no, don't don't be playing with my emotions now. Come on now. <laughs> if, if Carol dies, I'm I'm leaving the show, dude. I'm telling you right now. Um, Robert Nigro, three point five potato and casseroles out of five. Uh, I thanks Robert for backing me up on that. I, I enjoyed this while I watched it, only because I turned off my higher brain functions. I'm a gonna gripe. One, I'm sick of Eugene speaking in that pseudo Shakespearean he makes up. Even when he needed his special pants on, he's stammering in it. If I was Dwight, I'd have just punched him in the face to shut him up. And the only reason he was recording his attempt with the glider turned out to be how convenient, leaving the recorder running at gunpoint while Dwight, villain monologue, also convenient. Did you notice? Yeah, Chub Rich did. noticed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So that Negan will get to hear it later because Eugene is all about self-preservation and you can't miss that because he kept uh, telling us that. Uh, and Negan will have to kill Dwight, do you think? Two, I'm sick of these trash people. Ridiculous that Rick in his underpants, all caps, <laughs> uh, just got out, let out of the boxcar 2.0 to swing a walk around and just take charge because a person with no weapon and no pants and surrounded by people with both can just do that, right? Also, why are the trash people ever, ever trustworthy? They're screwing yeah. with the wrong people. <laughs> Three, I was really only intrigued by the very end with Rick looking through the scope at the empty sanctuary courtyard. I wonder if he's just thinking of that, that bad luck 
and whether or not all the walkers and or people are gone or inside or also when he saw that garbage truck figuring out that Daryl had done it. And uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington writes in, Four, it was garbage day at the Savior's enclosure, but no one managed to put the bin out out of five. <laughs> um, but at least they came and picked <laughs> up. Good. Oops. Um, at least I really, again, I really enjoyed this episode. Looking forward to the finale next week. As it's 10, 10 p.m. here in the U.K. as I write this, I'm off to neck a bottle of red wine to help me sleep. <laughs> Cheers. You and Eugene both, my friend. Uh, Brent Jones. Uh, three spongy material between the eyeballs and fantastic mullet out of five. The ending was awesome. Last five minutes was the best part. How the hell does Morgan wander off into the woods just to end up on sniper duty? Did I miss that explanation? No. Exactly. I like Eugene. Until this one, I wish Dwight had locked him up straight off the roof. Uh, or kicked him straight off the roof. I'm sorry. <laughs> how, many pe- how many people have, have to tell him the sanctuary is more prison than asylum? And Janet Broom, finally, with a 3.5 awkward conversations out of five. I kind of enjoy the awkward rambling of Eugene. I especially enjoyed his discussion with one of Negan's wives, and I hope she would get through to him that the saviors don't really help those they save, but it seems like his fear of death is still too strong. Even though I thought it was interesting to see Rick fight the spiked walker, I really don't like the junkyard group, and I think a stupid Rick is so willing to trust them again. And I think we concurred on a lot of those things. And if you would like to make your opinion heard, especially next week, considering it's the 90-minute season finale, we'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Please, by all means, join the Facebook group, the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group, that is. And uh, you can give us your own Buster ratings and have them on the show like all these fine people did this week. Thank you. Thank you, Jim, as always, for reading the Buster ratings. Wouldn't be the same without it. As well, you heard before, we have one more episode left. There's a 90-minute season finale next week or mid-season finale i should say for season eight then we break until february so uh should be a good one at least at least chris hardwich thinks so so uh you know the rest of us will probably we'll see what happens but uh it should be good any final thoughts on this week's episode guys uh we're going on the finale yeah bring it on yeah you want this battle to be over already right you're just like enough with this this eight-episode story of the same well, battle, right? Is that been, it just seems like they've been spinning wheels for a while with this. And yeah, I would I just like I, a resol- resolution one way or the other would be nice. Well, I have a question for everybody's opinion on it, and that is, A, it's a two-part. Do you think it's time for Gimple to go, or do you think that he is a slave to the, the corporate masters who are appeasing uh, sponsorship? I think he... They, they like him for a couple of reasons. Kirkman, he listens to Kirkman. He doesn't go mm-hmm. against Kirkman. Where the other ex- mm-hmm. the, the other executive producers did not listen to Kirkman. They did, but nope. they kind of did their own thing. That was the cardinal sin. You do yeah. that, you're gone. Kirkman will find a way to get rid of you. He'll bitch yeah. enough to AMC and get you gone. Gimple just Kirkman falls in Negan. line. Right. Kirk, Kirkman, yeah. is Negan. Kirkman is Negan. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it is. So, pretty much. So, so Gimple falls in line. Right. He'll even... He even goes out of his way to pay respect to the comic book because of that. And I think he even does that a little too much. I like when they deviate a little bit more from the comic, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've said that in the past many times. So, so what you're saying is that Kirkman is Negan and uh, uh, um, Gimple is Eugene. So Gimple is more like Simon, I'll say. He's, mm, okay. you know, he's the right hand. You need a right hand, right? Isn't that what Negan said? Right. right. What but would you do if, you, if you think he's appeasing... Kirkman and trying to stick to the comics. Yes. Why is this story not better? Because All Out War is just an awesome event in the comics, and it 
like somebody said earlier, it should be the blueprint for this, and it's just not. Well, um, you don't have the budget to do what you're doing in the comic in the show. I mean, the, I, I, I think, I think those things are a little separate. And two, I mean, I, I personally don't want to see a a. A rehab, like a blow by blow. I don't want to see the comic on the on the screen. Like, no, I, I get right. that. I oh. agree with that too. I'm just saying, is the the outline is there? It they could have, in my opinion, instead of giving a 16 episode season, cut it down to 10 or 13, and don't give us this filler. Shit, and then you got that budget to put into a more complex story in in the way that it kind of unfolds in the comic. Well, I, I think I don't think Kirkman's involved in the day to day writing either though, to be honest with you. I think I think they have a meeting at the beginning of the season, it seems like, and I think they go over the beats. They go, Okay, by episode three yeah, we're, we're gonna sure. hit this beat. I'm gonna recreate this scene from the book in episode six. I'm gonna do this and he kinda gives them the overall and then Kirkman gives it the blessing and then they then they go on. Um so then he has some freedom to do some stuff. And uh I, I guess yeah, I mean they they are they do stretch out some of these episodes. I've noticed that. You're right, to add a few more commercials and they're definitely milking it to a certain extent. I, I, I hear what you. I understand what you're asking, Chubb. I, I definitely do, and uh, and I get they, it. It's a business, so I yeah. Get I mean, it. it's, it's sixteen. I mean, yeah, the whole sixteen episode thing. I think that's just that's how they've decided this business model is going to work. They're going to do yeah. two, you know, two eight episode splits. You know, I mean, it's one quote unquote one season, but in my mind, it's it's really just they do two right. eight episode seasons a year. Right. Uh, you know, just because of the way it's it's done, but I mean, I'm sure just based on revenue and and everything else, they just have to do it that way. I, I don't necessarily think if they if they cut three episodes, they would have that money to put back into into the other thirteen or the other ten. No, it would have the commercial to, revenue to do. And, right? and, they would they would lose all that. And AMC that really oh, yeah. Plus, I mean, AMC is not really known for like spending as much as they should on their shows. No. I mean, that's I been know. a ongoing, ongoing yeah. uh, battle. Oh, yeah. In debt and stuff. Well, and I think, I think part of it is they want to keep this as a, I mean, gr- granted, Fear's ratings are nowhere near what Walking Dead's ratings are, but I think there's some, <laughs> right, but I think there's some, there's some synergy they get with basically, you know, you get eight and a break, and you get eight, and then you get a little break, and then you get fear, and then you get a little break, and then you get the rest of fear. It's it's kind of like they, you know, the, I think their their thought process is that you've more or less got Walking Dead year round. Like right. you have, you know, thirty two episodes in a in a fifty two week year. So right. Yeah. yeah, but I I mean, my thing is is what they're doing with those eight episodes each time, and it seems to be this their their formula is. Big event in the season, the half season opening. Somebody's going to die, or something crazy is going to happen. Then we're going to lessen it, have some filler episodes, yep. then mid season yep. finale or finale, and it's going to be but this big thing TV. happens. That's TV. But that's yeah. American TV yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, all the every genre of television is having that problem right now. It just seemed like it. back in season three to four, they. They they did it a little bit better. They and, made well, it. He wasn't more running up. it. He wasn't. He ran it. He, he took over in season four, yeah. and it was Glenn Mazzara had it pretty much from the beginning of season two to the end of season three, and then it went went to Gimple. And I think, and I liked where season. And we all didn't we discuss? We had an episode where we talked about our favorite episodes, and they all happened to be like in season two and season three. Right, 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 right. Like I don't right. know. I I I've been critical of Gimple over the years. I really have. I think he pays too much attention to the comics and and to, and to Kirkman. 
I like a little more fan service. I know that sounds cheap, right? Like I want, yeah. I want, but I want a little. Give us what we want. Stop experimenting with these time well, jumps and Gipple all this crazy is stuff. A good and, writer. Because some of my favorite episodes he's written. Okay. I just don't know that he's as good a showrunner. Right. So, I don't I, know. I think he's been, I've been fine. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't have any, any hard complaints. I mean, the, the only complaints I really have with this, this season are just, uh, like we talked about, some of the more artistic takes. Like, like, I think this past episode, I mean, writing problems aside, I think it was well-directed. Like, that's one of the things I thought... I, I, I remember after yeah. I didn't catch the who directed it when I was watching the credits at the beginning, but so it almost Larry felt Ting. like... A, yeah, it almost felt like a Nicotero episode. Like, it, I, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we kind of judge... Like, the Nicotero episodes, again, writing aside, tend to be episodes that we we enjoy from, from a visual perspective. Like, they, they seem to be well-directed. And and so this one I felt I felt was very well directed, um, but yeah I don't know I mean I don't have a problem with Gimple I don't I, personally I think the show is just as good as it's been like I mean yeah it's got its ups and downs but uh, you know I mean, what show doesn't though yeah exactly yeah, exactly yeah, sure what show doesn't yeah there's a lot of crap on on TV and so to me this is like you know something. Not just for the podcast. I mean, I, I'm I'm spotty at best sometimes, you know, with work travel and whatnot. But I still watch it week to week, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I still I still really enjoy it. And right. there's, you know, it has those moments to me that that make it worthwhile to watch. So, uh, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, will Gimp will be there permanently? Probably not. Uh, you know, showrunners. You know, it's a that's a that's a tough gig, man. Um, and and. You know, they usually make it two or three, four seasons, and and then that's about <laughs> yeah, it. That's it, right? Yeah. Especially yeah. when you got a, a strong presence over you, like not only that, and they, but <laughs> like also when, also when yeah. your show, while still a ratings juggernaut in this in a sense of general television, but mm-hmm. it's it's kind of the the Wall Street syndrome, right? Like your ratings are declining, so there's there's a problem, right? And that problem has to be fixed. Well, you, you know, it's it's kind of like in sports, right? You can't fire the players. <laughs> Right. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think if it continues a, a somewhat steady slide, uh, you know, I think I think there'll be some sort of shakeup. But yeah, and I'm okay with that because we, we we've seen we've seen where this is yeah, gone. Yeah. You know, he's been running well, it for right. season four. So I mean, we've got well, four, five, six, seven, eight, four seasons. Yeah, I mean that's you know even if the, even if the sh- now. yeah yeah even if the show continues a rating slide it still has a really long shelf life because I mean, there's right. shows that have a, you know, on network TV uh, that have, you know, a less than one rating and they're, and they're still going strong. It's true. Right. Well, I mean, and you say, you know, the, the, um, the ratings have declined, but their ratings in decline are higher than a lot of other shows ratings at their peak. Right. They, exactly. well, they lose they the more people one? than the other shows have in total. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> aren't they still the number one cable rating yes. show? Sure. Yeah. 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 It was such a phenomenon that, that even with the drop in, in viewership, they're still way ahead. So right. And I think if you go by if you go by people who there are reviewers and stuff that are tired of the show, right? Because it's uh, for whatever reason. And whenever something's very popular that there's a tendency for the wave to change, right? If you you can't really go by those kind of conversations because they're not accurate. They make they would make you think that all the ratings have fallen, and this is like a zero point two or something now, and it's not. If you look at the ratings for this show, yeah, it's eight, still pretty episode high. Episode six had eight point two eight million. 
Yeah. yeah. If you and, look at the you look at the headlines the next day, right? Walking Dead continues its decline. Right. You right. Know, right. Walking well, Dead largest you know you know largest slide in in its history, and you and you're still looking at it. It's like okay, but you could pick the top five shows on network television, and this show is a above it, and it's it's probably got more you know ratings than the middle the middle yeah. shows combined. Uh, Every time at work when when um, when someone mentions is mentions the show and they and they start to complain about it, I start watching it, blah blah blah, and that's why everybody stopped watching it. I just was named it last, the last season set. though. I, they jumped off last season, right? Yeah, and you would think that everybody ju- you like automatically everybody just jumped off at the same time. Everyone just left the show. You would think that everybody just left the show. I said, why don't you look up the ratings for the show? Mm-hmm. Recent ratings. And then come and tell me the show is dead. Like they just they just knew the show was dying. I don't even know how it could still be going. And every time and I they look at those ratings and they go, Oh, you cannot go by the the uh reviewer um blogs or whatever when they post those titles that are you know, those kind of titles that they're misleading telling you, you know, the, Yeah, it's clickbait. The right. fall of the Walking Dead. Like they they will have you th- they would have you thinking fear of the Walking Dead has no ratings at all. No. They're they're much lower. They're they're the order of magnitude lower than this show though. But so the, the oh, highest yeah. average season was, was season five. The average rating was fourteen point three eight million. Last season was down to eleven point three five. And what's that like from a point? Like, does it give it like is it a three point two? I'm just point? on Wiki with millions of viewers, U.S. Yeah, U.S. Right. viewers, not worldwide, not anything else like that. <clears throat> I'm not looking at the Nielsen scale. I, I wanted to say real quick, there's a um, a series uh, on Siffy right now on Sci-Fi Channel. It's also available on YouTube in six parts, called uh, Image Comics: So Much Damage. And there's an entire chapter of this documentary of the rise and fall and rise again of Image Comics, totally devoted to The Walking Dead. Hmm. Uh, and mostly I talk gotta catch that. It's, mostly it's talk to, It's pretty cool. Yeah, all six parts are on YouTube now. It's definitely worth watching, even if you aren't a comics fan. If you're a Walking Dead fan and kind of wanted to learn how it all started and where it all began, it's a good place. So, uh, and if you are a comics fan and you remember that period, you know the Image Comics and everything, you're in for a real treat because they talked to all the six founding members of Image. They talked to Robert Kirkman. They talked to pretty much everybody who was there and involved with it. So, uh, it's a good series. What is it called again? It's called the 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 uh, the um, the Rise of Image Comics. So much damage. Okay. Um, and it's in uh, it's on the Sci-Fi Wire uh, um, page on YouTube. Uh, it's also available. They also showed it on Siffy. So. Cool. All right. Well, good conversation, guys, and uh, we'll see where it takes us the next next week and then beyond. But we're we're in it for the long haul, that's for sure. Um, and then, of course, fear returns after that, and that's that's getting a major. I'm sorry, I think it's getting a major reboot because of all these casting news we've heard and everything else. It's going to be it's going to be pretty pretty impressive, I think. So we'll see what happens in fear, and hopefully they can bring some viewers back to fear or just start from scratch at that point. I mean. Join now. Now is the time to start watching Fear with all the new, the new characters they're going to bring on. Should be pretty cool. Maybe I'll get caught. Yeah, maybe just just forget the first three and just, just start, start right back with season four. I mean, that's kind of what they're hoping for. So maybe we could just do that. All right. So uh, we'll wrap it up here. Where can our listeners hear us, see us, and read us when we're not talking zombies? Uh, we already heard about Aaron. Richard, how about you? Well, besides on this, I'm also on the DC TV podcast with Daryl and Jim. 
Um, we just dropped an episode about the awesome Crisis on Earth X crossover from last week. Check it oh, out. It's, so it good. Was, it was <laughs> really good. And on the Twitters at ChubToad01. Excellent. Mr. Russell. Uh, HHWLOD.com and uh, over at the Taylor Network of Podcasts for Gotham by Geeks. Um, you can find all that stuff stuff there. Daryl. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at the voice one two three. Um, of course, you have plenty of podcasts over there at the Taylor Network of Podcasts. Um, so you can check all those out on that website. Mr. Dietz. Uh, check me out at Taylor Network of Podcasts on Nothing's On with uh, Donnie and Daryl. Uh, you can check me out on uh, HHWLOD. Oh, also on Taylor Network Podcast, Heavy Gigs in Seaside City, a radio place set in the 1970s of action <laughs> movies and TV shows. Loving it. It's, it's been a lot of fun. We've, we've got to fight a bunch of gypsy werewolves on the latest episode. That was a good time. Uh, I got to rock out on my keytar. That's always fun. And then HHWLOD, you got the DC TV podcast. As Chubb said, we just covered the big crossover. Uh, it was awesome. Spoiler. And... Uh, Coming up after the first of the year, uh, my daughter and I are going to be collaborating on a new YouTube channel, uh, Daddy Daughter Gaming. So oh. that ought to be fun. We're going to play video games together as a, as a Let's Play on the YouTube channel. So we're kind of working on that. We got just got the video capture card, and uh, we're working on that right Excellent. now. Excellent. So keep, keep your eyes and ears open for that. Awesome. And uh, when I'm not talking zombies with you guys, I am the host of the Auto Chat Show, autochatshow.com, facebook.com slash autochatshow. Me and my co-host, Teddy, review new cars, discuss cars and pop culture, and usually wherever else the conversation takes us. The last episode, we reviewed the Toyota TRD off-road uh, edition of the 4Runner. Next week, we're going to be talking about the Mazda 6 Touring. Uh, Grand Touring. So actually a really, really nice car from Mazda. And then after that, we'll be talking about the Hyundai, excuse me, it's not Hyundai, the Genesis G80. Excuse me, it's not, you can't put Hyundai in front of that anymore. It's just Genesis G80. So is it, um, is it uh, created by Phil Collins? Yeah, no, and it's not related to Sega either. It's just, it's just, it's just Genesis now. They've broken out. They're their own thing now. All right. So that that's it. And it's their luxury end. Actually, a pretty, pretty interesting car, too. So stay tuned for those new, uh, new car reviews back-to-back, -back and, uh, and I hope you enjoy them. All right, folks. Uh, I think, Richard, you, you put the tweet up there, right? You want to close the show out, don't you? Oh, you want me to use that one? Yeah, that's perfect. Can you, can you just do that? That's great. All right. When there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, it is a stupid idea to put on headphones when you're out in the open wilderness. Hashtag stupidity. Hashtag red machete. Hashtag walking dead. Hashtag live moss.
go. 